Haberman and Middlecoff podcast recorded on a Tuesday afternoon. Do not be fooled into thinking the NFL season is two weeks away. Technically, it is two weeks away, but really it's one week away because next week is game week. So, you know, don't let your don't let your mind make you think that it's really far. It's next week. It's next week. So it's less than it's a week away, less than a week away. Yeah, this week. uh, Want to ease your minds. This week is sweet, though. Don't get. Let's not get it twisted. I mean, college football. It it's gonna feel real, like on on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it's it's a good, you know. It's like what's your favorite appetizer? Calamari, nachos, you know, something like that. Depending on where you nacho are. Nachos, dangerous appetizer. It's like nachos, dangerous appetizer. Yeah, I mean, do, do chips and salsa even count as an appetizer? Or are they just part of like yeah, water? Yeah, chips and salsa Mexican count again. Very extremely dangerous. Chips just dangerous appetizer. I mean, bread and butter. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's where the Italian restaurants and the steakhouses can get you. You know, they really so, can. But yeah, so we're, we're we're rocking and rolling, baby. Football officially, unofficially, but officially back. We got fifty three man rosters. That's the start, right? Yeah, we got cuts, John. We got cuts. You want to go through every guy cut in the National Football League? Yeah, I, I love. Uh, we can uh, start with Cam Newton and then work to just stop there. <laughs> Yeah, gotcha. Lions cut two kickers today. Devastating. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I just read on Twitter. So they don't have a kicker. They must. Uh, Re- they must have a lead on somebody. Really quick before we get into anything funny slash serious, I just wanna. I, I spent so much time as a child growing up. I don't go as much anymore. But South Lake Tahoe is <sighs> in major jeopardy right now of being completely burned down, and I didn't. I. I would have guessed like 50,000 people. I Googled it. It's probably around like 35. Obviously, it changes because people, second homes and stuff. But there is a large... You're saying that's the full-time population. That, that, like that's, that's what it said on the internet, but I, I don't know. There, there are a lot of full-time people that live there. I mean, one of my best friends, Ryan Fry, his family grew up there. He still has uncles up there. And uh, Fallen Leaf, Echo Lake, my dad used to go there with his dad, which is right as you're going over the summit to get to South Lake Tahoe. If that fucking place is burned, I mean, I, a piece of me will die. I mean, that, that, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, if you know, if you're from the Bay Area, Nor- Sacramento, Northern California, like there probably ain't a soul listening to this. If you're a 49er fan, that probably means you have some connection to Northern California that hasn't been to Lake Tahoe. Uh, and, and South Lake Tahoe is just the the thing is staring down the gun barrel right now. There is no stopping this fucking thing. No, it's and it's a remind. I mean, of all you know, there are so many people over the at all times that deserve a thank you. But the shit that firefighters have to strap oh up for. Oh, my God. When you see some of the, the video you posted, you see some of these. I'm not sure. Some of them are technically like tornadoes. Some of them aren't. Whatever they are, swirling just fire towers. I read it could start like the equivalent of a tornado in a fire. That that The, the air pressure or what? I'm not a scientist or a, anything. <laughs> but it's I, I've seen some pictures that people tried to explain it on my Twitter timeline. Uh, so they, they do exist of these like wind tunnels of just the force of that video of the guy was like at the summit and it's coming over. Not good. No, not good. It's not the most religious guy in the world here, but the big man upstairs could, you know, just, you know, just come a rainstorm. That's what sucks in the West coast. There, it doesn't rain out here in August. I know. It's funny. You say that. I thought the same thing Tuesday morning. I'm like, I'm not a religious guy, but we got, we got rain over here. We got fire over here. I know. We got a lot going on. We got a 
you know, just, Jesus Christ. Got a lot going on. All right. Well, uh, try to entertain you for an hour. Exactly right. That's that's we try to fill our role here. Um, okay. Get in our speaking of entertainment. Get in the DraftKings game. We'll tell you more about DraftKings later, but we just want to tell you the the link is in the description of this podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching the YouTube live or later, the link is down there to our league. So you get in the league, and then you can get in the Haberman and Middlecoff. Um, uh, FedEx Cup championship game. I think first place is four eighty. I think is what first place gets four hundred and eighty dollars. Fourth place, which is what you got last week, would pay you a lot more this week because the game is paid me sixty seven last time, guys. Sixty seven dollars. This is also if you're not a big golf fan, but you're thinking about dipping in because you want to get in our league because football starting. Somebody uh, sent me a DM on Instagram said I don't know anything about golf, but I'm in this game. It's a great game to start because everybody's a star. Like everybody in the FedEx Cup Championship is a star golfer, so you could pick a team with your eyes closed and you'd have a shot. Yeah, you can accumulate a team with like Jordan Spieth. Justin Thomas, John Rahm, and Bryson all on the same squad. Like it's it's relatively easy this week to put together a squad, uh, and I I do think it's going to be pretty competitive. You know, for just because everyone is going to be the ownership on the top. When you say ten guys are going to be pretty strong, <laughs> I mean they're just they're just it's going to be it's going to be fun. I, uh, I I'm looking forward to it. Post it on Facebook. I post it on Facebook too. You can also find the Hayward Middlecoff Facebook page there. Uh, so get on it. Do your uh, do your thing, people. Yeah. Go get it. Uh, at this podcast, you could also call it, as we uh, live on a Tuesday, uh, Jalen Hurd roster watch. Uh, that's probably the second biggest story in the NFL, John. Does Jalen Hurd make the Niners 53? You might know the answer to this by the time you're listening. But uh, maybe we'll have the answer as we go along. I uh, thought it was at 1 o'clock, but it's clearly not. Maybe uh, it's 4. It could be official at 1 if we don't. Uh, no, it would have gone out. Because... Lombardi. Lombardi an hour ago tweeted Jennings and Hurd 53 stock all time high. Bye bye bye. <laughs> so keep an eye. Yeah. Um, uh, also, mailbag, get in that. Leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars in that. Leave a question or go to the Facebook page. Leave a question there and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that alarm button so that uh, whenever we go live, especially as the season begins, uh, you are alerted and you are here. We appreciate it. Yeah, follow all those orders, please. Do it now. I'm kidding. I, I'm telling you, man, I, I might need to set some alarms. I've made a few lists for Thursday. Friday, I don't need a list for because I've got a game on Friday. Saturday, I need a list for like an alarm of all the college football games. You fly back um, Friday night or you come back Saturday morning? Saturday morning, fly back from Denver. Games in Boulder. See you. Ed McCaffrey, John, coach of Northern stay at, Colorado. S- stay at the airport. Take it on the buffs. Stay at the airport. You've probably been there. Easy. And uh, head back. Big. And then, you know, 9 a.m., Kansas State-Stanford starts Saturday. You know where, you know the town northern Colorado's in? Greeley. Oh, it's not Flagstaff? Flags, uh, no, Flagstaff's in Arizona. Are you sure? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking northern Arizona. Northern yeah, Arizona. Yeah. Same colors. Okay, okay. Yeah. That, that's what threw me. I, for some reason, I thought Colorado was playing northern Arizona in my mind. When I went through back in like 2013, they had a former NFL guy coach. It, I think sometimes for those guys, like that job is they miss it, but they don't. I mean, they're, you do Division One, right? Fresno State, Nevada, relative to a Power Five. There is pressure immediately. Not that they, those guys are afraid of pressure, but it is an easier kind of landing spot. Probably easier to get hired, too. Right? Uh, Ed McCaffrey, John, just gone 24-2 and two at Valor Christian, won a state title. Is high that school. a high school? 
That's the high school that Christian went to, that all his boys went to, yeah. So it's not inconceivable if they're good, he could become a Division One coach pretty fast. I mean, he's had McCaffrey, right? Like you would think. <laughs> Stanford, would they be interested if he has some success there, if David were to ever leave? I, I, that's a long jump to make, <laughs> but. They kind of you know, like staying in the family, right? Stanford man. Now, Matt, his son is the, it's not like Ed's not the play caller, right? So he's not going to be like offensive genius at McCaffrey, but. The team got bigger, apparently. Yeah, I mean, it's just fascinating. But didn't you say his, his son, Max, is the play caller? His son is the play caller. His son is the quarterback. <laughs> is there a chance that in, in, the, in our lifetime, there's a program run by like seven McCaffreys? I mean, at least four, right? Re- well, remember Jim, when he played in the NFL, the stories were that he would help his dad recruit in the offseason. I could see Christian being a Oh, yeah. A little and, more uh, money now. What, uh, Western Kentucky? I thought it was Western Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McCaffrey seemed a little more sane. Uh, just, I, I don't know if they would, you know, they, Christian, just go hang out with Olivia. Not wild, Olivia something. Not Mund. Yeah, she's she's better looking than Olivia Mund. But yeah, I, I, I would buy some stock in the McCaffrey family. If, if his son, Max, is already coaching and he's got a Duke background, what are the chances that guy's not a big-time coach? Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, he's play-calling right away. You could argue the stock is actually maybe Duke, Max, right? not so he's, Ed. He's going to have a Cutcliffe. Max McCaffrey, the offensive coordinator, was a receiver at Duke, so he's got the Cutcliffe connection, which is always significant. Hot take, is it out of the realm of possibility that Max McCaffrey's a head coach in the SEC within 10 years? I mean, no. It's, I guess it's not. No. I, John, watching roster break roster uh, announcement Twitter, roster cut down Twitter is like watching political Twitter. It's like, oh, you know, it's uh, this guy got cut. So it looks like they're going to get Ohio. And then <laughs> this guy got cut. And so it looks like they're going to wrap up Arizona. And so if they got Arizona and Ohio, then you got to have Michigan over here. If, if, if they don't get Michigan, then we got to know that Idaho is going to fall. That's what 53 man. My, my favorite is like, and John, there's, say, there's a week and a half to the season. So the roster can change. Like I know days. my favorite is like sources say, uh, so-and-so is released. They are still on the fence, whether to bring him back to practice squad. It will depend on other moves. It's like, Oh my, no one gives a shit. You know, it's just, let's just, just talk about the story. You see CJ, so I am telling you, I feel very, very strongly about this. I know he has no connection, but it feels, I'm sure there's a Billy Bean guy out there that basically just copied Billy Bean, but he's never worked for the A's, the Dodgers, or the Rays, right? That, to me, is Stefanski. He just signed Nick Mullins to the 53-man. I can see Stefanski fucking loving Nick Mullins. Like, he, how is he not in the Shanahan crew? He feels like an outsider, but he's also like an insider. He's one of them. Yeah. Isn't he? I mean, yeah. when I saw that, I was like, oh, they, they think the same. I know. I, I almost think of him as one of those guys. Me too. I, if I was Kyle, remember Chappelle did the racial draft, I would do a coaching draft, and I would kick someone out and add him. Right. Like maybe I Zach, don't know. I'd have to think about who you'd want to denounce. Does he get Zach but, Taylor, or that's McVeigh? But yeah, I think McVeigh McVay gets uh, kind of. Yeah, I, if, I think they should all come together, maybe denounce Kingsbury, not as a friend, like he can still kick it with them and come out with them. Yeah, yeah I don't, you don't want a coaching like, crew. You don't yeah, want to kick I, Kirk out. I might just boot Taylor then. I, I yeah, or I Cliff. would keep. I would sorry. keep Cliff. I'd boot Zach Taylor and say, "Hey, man, sorry, bro. You had a good run." Um, you know. Kevin Stefanski, I was thinking this watching Sunday Night Football after we did our podcast. He, on well, he Sunday. looks like George Clooney guy. Well, he and Baker, <laughs> the, Stefanski is what Beards used to be. 
before every every beard started to make you look like a strength and conditioning coach or a or a Colorado Rocky. Like that's what beards used to be. It's just like a little beard. Yeah. Now it's like, well, look, Stefan's got a little stubble because everyone else has just got like a a, 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 a wool sweater on their face. Uh, yeah, Stefanski people, looks very he looks very organic. Now. He looks All very organic. All you guys with those with beards, like well, yeah, but he's got a cut. He does do a very clean line in the neck. I guy, as someone who can't grow a beard, you should rock the shit out of one. Just no, just it's, try it's it. Itchy. It ruins like any shirt I've got. It starts pulling at it. It's very very brittle. I would no. What about it? Does mustache? cover up? It does help you with a little bit of a you know facial bloat? chin situation. Yeah, yeah, facial bloat. But uh, John, as uh, Cam's life on uh, YouTube says, Tito's Tuesday. <laughs> Tito's Tuesday. Tito's Tuesday. Woo! This podcast is sponsored by Tito's, America's Tito's. number one vodka. John, Tito's handmade vodka. What a product! Did you also see? Speaking of a golf tournament, who the official vodka is of the PGA Tour? I mean, talk about riding the wave. I mean, you started with us, and you went to the PGA Tour. Let's face it, high-end real estate, high-end places. I don't know if Tito Beverage, who started this little vodka once upon a time, I don't know if he knows who we are. Maybe he's heard about us. Uh, We know who he is. He definitely knows who the PGA Tour is. And now we're all connected. We're all in this together. We're all on the boat PJ Flex style, roll that boat. We're all rowing it. Hey, hey, Bryson, throw me an oar. You know, me, you, Haberman, John Rom. We'll fucking go pick up Tiger. That's good. You, you know? call him Bryson. Now they're partners, John. Very corporate. You got to follow the rules on this one. No, we, you know? we will not put any make anyone uncomfortable, baby. Tito's Tuesday. Make yourself. You know, speaking of the transfusion, right? I, I think golf transfusions they go together. You get a little Tito's vodka. You get some ginger beer. Uh, you get a little grape juice. You know, you'd probably go, what did you say, a little heavier on the ginger beer, lighter on the grape juice is probably the yeah, best. Yeah, go one. light on the grape juice, yep. Just get a little color, and you're going to get plenty of flavor in that one ounce of grape juice, yeah. And then you take that little thing that all of us that grew up in the 90s, all of our families had that thing that looked like a lime or a lemon, uh, and then it had the little thing at the top to squeeze it out, and you squeeze a couple drops in there. Yeah, or you just squeeze it and drop it. Yeah, you or know? you do that. You can do yeah. that, too. So many great Tito's... Uh, Menu options, I think, I mean, obviously we talk about it all the time. Sunday of week one of the NFL season should be a, a fun night here on the show. But this is what we're talking about. A quality, 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 a product that begins with quality, six times distilled in copper pots, not columns. Is it more labor intensive? It is. Is it better? Yes. Do they do it the right way? Absolutely. And will you love it? Of course. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. I'll now turn my hat around so we're, there's no confusion about which one of us, who's who. Oh, well, now we look the same again. You like the breeze before and I'm the breeze after. Drew. I mean, we'll get into Drew later. Come on. Uh, podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one match your deposit. 100% up to 1000 bucks. You can de- decline the bonus because then you got to uh, uh, bet the full amount before you withdraw. Or uh, you can just use the promo code and, uh, and accept the bonus and go to town. So we've got, we're going to have our lock of the week coming up starting next week, and we got to figure out what we're going to do there. Not going to be easy. But let's start with three, ga- three bets that I really like. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. We have the Tour Championship. Now, they rig it. 
So if you're in first place, you start with the lead, 10 under. So every guy comes back, you know, sequentially. Is that a word? Tony Finau's, I think, two back. John Rahm, DeChambeau. Cam Smith, who is five under, meaning he's five shots off the lead, but you get four days, there are no cuts, is 25 to one. And he's just a, been a pretty unreal player. Jordan Spieth, who has won this tournament before and been the gross, true net guy since they've done this, 25 to one. Now he's six shots back, which, you know, if this was a three day event, it'd be impossible. I do think it is possible. For example, last year, the low score. Now he didn't win because he started, I think, six shots back. He was four shots better than the field. He's also, I think, the year you went that Tiger won. The year before, I think the defending champion was Xander Shoffley in 2017, and then Tiger won in 18. Xander dominates at this place. The only problem, he's eight back. <laughs> That's a lot of shots, but gold medal winner. Yeah, I mean, thir- 33 to one, though, guy, 33 to one. Uh, yeah, he's had a good year. He's eight back at Patrick Cantlay. Right. I feel like I, I didn't even thing- know when you went, even know who Xander was. Like I've really got to know Xander. Really? I feel like these last two years. Did you, did you, was he there when you were there? Did yeah. I interviewed him? him. He was a very nice guy. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think Southern California guy, just kind of California. Yeah, cool. Just cool. Uh, Bryson. Yeah. I talked to Bryson that week. He was cool. Kevin he was Na different. was then. very cool. Bryson was, it was a great, it was an easy conversation. Um, but here's the thing, right? When you're eight back of Patrick Cantlay, you're only eight back of Patrick Cantlay, right? You're not eight back at second place. You're not eight back at third place, right? So he's at Xander's at two under. Okay, so he's six back of Fino. Okay, so he's five back of Bryson. Okay, he's but you got to bet. But if but if you bet if you bet Xander thirty three to one, he's got to win the thing. I understand, but my point is just that everybody Cantley Cantley could have an off week. So if 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 Cantley doesn't win, no, I'm just saying if Cantley doesn't, somebody else somebody else is going to have to come from behind to win, whether it's two strokes or four strokes. And I'm just saying a couple, you know, if the course is hard and, again, he's played really well there, you, I think you can rise pretty quickly in this event. Or maybe not, maybe consistency quickly is not the word. You can rise with some consistency in this event. So Just, just scrolling through, I guess we have Friday, too, to, to, you know, to talk about some of these games. Sark opens up with the Raging Cajuns, that dude that's been turning down jobs, been kicking ass, uh, Napier. Yeah. Like, that's a tough opening for Texas. <laughs> Playing a guy that has a like a like a Fresno State UCF Boise rolling, like they're going to come in thinking they can beat Texas. They've Iowa Indiana, D- that's a good game. Fuck. Texas has a D lineman that um, remember Chris Ash, I think yeah the former he was their defensive, defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, wasn't he at Ohio State? Yeah, he went both. So he said that this guy's better than either Bosa. Uh, oh, so he guy. was around the Bosas. Yeah, I think it was him that said it. One of the coaches on the Texas staff said this guy's better than either Bosa. That's a pretty bold fucking statement, isn't it? Let me find the Texas football depth chart because I don't remember the name of the guy. Georgia but Clemson, that's a pretty unreal night game. It's Jesus. Massive, right? <laughs> My God. What's, great, what's great about that game is it like feels like it means everything, but in the end, you, one of those teams, whoever lose, loses that game can still bounce back. Easier um, for Georgia than Clemson. No, I don't think so. Clemson well, it's just easier go, for Clemson, Clemson goes, to win out, but it's harder. But like that's the, en- historically, that's enough. If you're a one-loss major conference champion, you're not getting left out of the college football playoff. They would. I 
unless what if Georgia were to have like a seven and five year or something? That'd be. I mean, the, the year thing. that the year that Oregon lost to Auburn and Auburn went eight and five. Oregon had a shot. Oregon was going to be in the playoff, and then they lost to ASU. I could just drink alcohol and eat food all day and not move on Saturday. That's maybe what I'll do. The more you drink, the more you eat, the less you move. It's uh, quite a combination. Sorry, I'm Texas's depth chart, but. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't. I think the loser of that game, it's easier for Clemson to overcome it. I think I got my this Texas this Texas game. I could see Sark losing week one, and then just people freaking out because Louisiana Lafayette. Just keep an eye on that thing. Louisiana Lafayette's getting eight points. Honestly, I'm mybookie.ag promo code ham one plus eight. I'm think I'm going to take Louisiana Lafayette. I saw Sark just named a quarterback. I'd never heard. You know, they got new people, a lot of moving parts. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a little different animal when fucking McCorkle, who we'll get into here in a second, and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and Najee Harris ain't walking through that door. You know, we'll just let's remember what USC and Washington. I'm not saying he's not an improved coach, but just to think that he's going to come out and score 50 every week, I'd pump the brakes a little bit on that. Players, you know, Jimmy's and the Joes. I know they think they got the third Bosa, but let's even pump the brakes on that statement. Like, I've well, seen that, the Bosas. The and coach you said that ain't there anymore. Yeah. Mac Jones just became the starter of the New England Patriots on Tuesday morning. The world was shocked, John, shocked when a $3 million quarterback who was unavailable got cut. Now, I tell you the name, Cam Newton, it sounds a little different. I, I didn't quite understand everybody's shock over a $3 million quarterback getting cut when he got uh, $3 million, actually a million and a half was the initial guarantee, was unavailable due to a misunderstanding, and then also got outplayed. Sounds like a yeah. recipe to get cut to me. And that and that last part, the part that he got outplayed, is probably the key to the whole thing. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a, you know, there's multiple variables here. On the most basic levels, we've been talking about this individual for a long time. You and I, the country, football fans, right? He was a very, very... After his season, he became, I'd argue, the most polarizing guy in the draft, without question. And for you and I, we talked about him nonstop because we thought the Niners might draft him. And there has to be some validation if you liked him. And I think it's fair to say the head coach in the 49ers building really liked this individual more than I think the majority of the league. And remember me and you talked about when Sean McVay, I don't even think it was Kyle's podcast that he was on. It might have been another one, but Mac came up. Maybe it was Kyle's, and he definitely defended. Yeah, because Trey was already on the team. And and Sean McVay defended Mac. I think Mac is liked in the crew. If you had to guess, does Kevin Stefanski like Mac Jones? I would guess he did a lot. <laughs> like, he fits that offense. But he didn't just win the job. Like, he's been good. He beat out a terrible player. To me, if he had beat out, like, if Mac had come to the Niners or Jimmy was on the Patriots and beat out Jimmy Garoppolo fair and square, like that'd be pretty impressive. He beat out a guy we all made fun of couldn't throw. Like that's just a fact. I mean, he was one of the worst players in the league last year. Now he can run. And then like you said, you got to factor in he became a pain for them because you, could, you couldn't rely on him because he was didn't get the shot and he's getting testing positive all the time. And no, be, had a and misunderstanding it, on testing, John. It wasn't even... Yeah, then I also think, just big picture for the NFL, pretty big moment. Because the Patriots last year lost a little luster. And some of the luster just kept alive was just Cam and Bill kind of together. But they weren't good enough, even though they were still way better than they should have been. Now you get Mac Jones has been so... Bu- he was famous in the season, right? He was the starting quarterback for the national champion. 
I think he went to like a five-fold level once the draft process started. So they get this guy who's really famous that every NFL fan knows because we all fucking talked about the the quarterbacks, but mainly him, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields for like three months. And now he's a starter and Bill's got some juice and some life. And then he's opening up against Tua. Like it is a fantastic NFL story. There's it no is. way around it. Well, you know, part of what I love about Mac and Trey and Fields and Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, is that it feels like we've been talking about these guys forever because we, we've been talking about them a lot. And Mac Jones becomes the starting quarterback, and you just said what you said, right, about how it's got to feel somewhat validating for Kyle. I tweeted a photo of Kyle, like, drinking a drink, like, sitting at the podium going, oh, did you guys see Mac Jones uh, threw three touchdowns in the opener? Like, you're right. There's got to be this feeling of validation for him. But at the end of the day, he didn't draft the guy. He passed on him to draft Trey Lance. He didn't draft Justin Fields. He didn't draft Mac Jones. He drafted Trey Lance. So if Mac Jones turns into a star or a really good player or whatever, and Trey Lance doesn't, he doesn't get to say, yeah, see, I liked him too, because they made the decision to draft Trey. So I said that, and some, someone was like, right, well, why are you being so negative about it? And, and let me, this is now, I'm going to get to what I love about this, is that we have all laid out so many different opinions about who should have gone where, what the Niners would have done if it wasn't Trey Lance, what would the Jets have done if it wasn't Zach Wilson, would the Niners have taken Zach, should the Bears have traded up for Fields, should the Patriots have traded up for Fields, not a single one of them's played a real. Their careers haven't even actually begun yet. Like all of them were drafted in the first round, so they're at minimum five years on the teams they're on right now. Broncos taking heat too. They passed on Fields. So they were Broncos a team quarterback. Like the Darnold decision by the Panthers, right? We've kind of reached this conclusion, like oh maybe Kyle was right or oh, and not a thing has happened yet. And I'm not saying that that means any of this stuff is not true. What I'm saying is we're just about to get, we're only at the beginning of this whole story, which has all of these guys intertwined. And we've seen it play out before. We've seen it play out with the Rosen, Allen, Baker, Lamar. Who else? What was the other guy in the draft class? Baker, uh, Darnold. Darnold. Like we're, we've watched it play out with that draft class too. And it's been part of the storyline over, I did hear somebody say the other day, is this the year Daniel Jones takes his Josh Allen step? And I was like, that's a great <laughs> fake headline for the season. Was that being sarcastic or serious? Uh, it was being sarcastic. Gotcha. And um, Rosen, Rosen, not dead, uh, not survived. Dead <laughs> he's on, he's on a roster as of uh, Tuesday. <laughs> the other part of this is the conversation you and I had. One thing I hated in pre-draft was, uh, that a guy had a high floor as if one guy was more guaranteed to be at least serviceable. Right. But when we talked about Mac Jones, that, that was the way we talked about him. And more specifically, some people said he has the best chance to, to start right away. Now, obviously Trevor Lawrence was going to start right away. Zach Wilson was going to start right away, but the people who said that about Mac were right. I think the biggest difference when we talk high floors and high ceilings in the draft in general is you can miss on Solomon Thomas or Cleveland Farrell, right? And, and that's a top 10 pick, but even just a first-round pick. That guy still gets to play. So even if he nowhere nearly should have been drafted that high, hell, third-round pick, uh, fucking Akella Weatherspoon, whatever. You can still use that player. When you miss on a quarterback for most teams, that guy never plays. Ever. Like, doesn't take a snap for you, right? If, if the Jordan Love thing never works out, and actually, he looked decent. It's just that's just a wasted pick, right? But like the the following pick they did, AJ Dillon. If that guy never becomes like a stud running back, he's still going to get to be a running back, 
right? Like Sony Michelle for the Patriots is a good example. They use a first-round pick. If they had a redo on that one, you think they'd rather have his teammate Nick Chubb? Of course. But they still use Sony Michelle on a to win a Super Bowl. He had big games, and then he kind of got passed or whatever, but he had value to them. When you miss on a quarterback, and we saw it with C.J. Beathard is a good example. Now, he was forced to play because their starter got injured, but he had no business getting drafted in the third round, and you would have been like, he's a high-floor guy. But then a guy like Gardner Minshew, for example, who I bet a lot of people viewed like, that's insane even drafting him when the Jags did. Well, if you could flip it, no one argues that Gardner Minshew is just a better player than C.J. Beathard, right? It's just so you, you just learn so much more as the draft goes as years Urban go might. on. But, but the difference is with quarterbacks, I think a miss or a whiff with a quarterback is way more crippling because they are just useless to you. And really, they immediately start use, losing you games when you have to play them. Like, it, just because I have to play Solomon Thomas and my team's good enough, he played a lot on a Super Bowl team, right? He just plays and good against the run. Or if the Raiders are better this year, Cleveland Farrell will just play. He, he might not start, you know, but he's just using them. When you whiff on a high pick, and it does feel like all these guys, including Mac, my, my whole take, and I'm not going to keep, we're not just going to keep rehashing this with Mac, was just he's, he, he was the most ready, probably Trevor was just a way better, more ready player. But of the other guys, Zach Wilson included, just ready week one. And I would say more than likely, only him and Trevor Lawrence, and there's a chance only Mac Jones could have just fully handled everything that New England just threw at him. He was just ready because he came from like, the Harvard Business School of Football, right? Just the, the the football stuff that he was accustomed to, right? As a backup and then as a starter, and he he did he had to learn slowly in in Alabama because he didn't get to start right away. So he really was taking a lot of mental reps, and then he was yeah. just prepared, right? And his game does translate to a lot of the things that New England had had a lot of success with, right? And Tom's not a dink and dunk quarterback, but. As they got older, because of their personnel, they throw a lot to tight ends and and running backs close to the line of scrimmage. Obviously, Tom, you see him with better guys. He clearly is much more capable to throw down the field. But like that's how they're kind of built right now. Like Mac is not; yeah. they're not throwing go routes. He also didn't join a team. Unlike the Niners, his skill set does not like you can't. You're either, he's either on the field or he's not. Right? Like if he were the starting quarterback who'd been there for ten years and Cam Newton was the guy that gets drafted, that they just drafted, then maybe they actually use both guys somehow. Or maybe Cam just Cam just gets the job, right? I'm talking Niners, Trey Lance. Like, you could easily make the case Trey Lance should just be the starter. But you can kind of ease him in. I mean, hell, I guess the Bears could do it if they want to. I don't really see much reason to do that. But They might have a couple plays for him, don't you think, running a, like a quarterback sweep or something? You I wouldn't think do possible. that with Mac Jones, right? Well, I mean, if, if 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 Cam isn't unavailable for a point in time this year, you can still justify making Mac Jones the starter there. Again, if we just talk about how you acquired a player to tell us what you think of the player, the Niners traded everything basically to get Trey Lance, right? The Patriots have guaranteed a million and a half dollars to Cam Newton. He is was it a inconceivable? Three and a half million dollar player by the end. Is it inconceivable they bring Cam back as just a complete role player? And just, you know, starting week two. I don't think that is. Just to not guarantee a salary, and then you're kind of week to week. You get cut at any moment. I mean, they've already paid him $3 million. I don't think that's crazy. It'd be a little unbill-like, because one thing I read was just to... But they've already it, paid him $3 million. You're saying there's going to be more guarantee, more bonuses involved? Well, his his contract, though, like he would have made more money if he was on the roster, 
Like he gets his regular season salary. Yeah, I think it would, maybe it would have gotten him to five. But again, his minimum is going to be one, and so you'll pay him one when you. But sign you're, him. but 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 his minimum is only week to week. Then you're not. You're just kind of playing in case it out. he gets hurt. Otherwise, well, just, just to use him as like a goal line running back, right? Just to use him how you would have used him if you kept him. You just name Mac the starter. Right. I mean, he might be available. I don't know. Well, I think he Who's probably will. <laughs> he will be. Uh, I. I now, part of it is, I think when you use a personality that that's big, even though it felt like he clearly meshed well with New England, him and Mac and Cheese got along. Part of it is just let your guy, you know, let your guy cook and let him be the guy, right? Become friends with everyone. Because that was the one thing I had always heard. And I know, I know you had heard this and a lot of people had heard this. I mean, it, was, it became pretty public. It does get complicated when... I think younger players and established veterans in the locker room, like Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz, was it kind of can fragment a locker room. And Bill is, I would say he'd be the number one on the list. Like you ain't fucking with his locker room, <laughs> like that. He he doesn't do locker room lawyers. He doesn't do. I mean, guy, a great example. And this is if Cam just got cut strictly because of vaccination status. I don't think that's inconceivable. The Bill's like, yeah, we would have used him fine. We were going to have him be like a role player. But I I can't worry about this. Cole Popovich. Their offensive line coach, who was a Fresno State guy when we were there, who became Bill's offensive line coach, refused to get vaccinated, and Bill said kick rocks. It's just that simple. And, and Bill is the least emotional about anything. And I, I I would be shocked. I don't know, Coward Instagram something that he had heard that it was the the, the vaccination thing. I Because Cam does have value, and Bill is big on value. And I think he liked him. Like, I, I think he fit in well. Like, he wouldn't have brought him back if he didn't like him. I just think he got to the point where I, I cannot just, if I keep this guy, he misses randomly like seven games because he just tests negative, even if he's not well, sick, whatever. It's just, it's not worth it. Yeah, I mean, once I, once you're my starting quarterback, I'm just investing a lot of time in you, and those are snaps in practice that we're not giving to Mac Jones. But even and if so he's not the starter, but even if he's not the starter, new in the role stuff, it's like, well, you still might disappear, and then we waste practice time on it. Yeah, I can't. I can't be surprised. It's one thing if you just get COVID; that just happens sometimes. But I can't be surprised if you miss a game because you didn't properly. It's not that he he didn't whatever arrangement they had, he failed to execute it. Right, that's why he missed time. There was a yeah. miscommunication about what he was supposed to do. So you can't be surprised week four if that happens on Friday before a game. Because it well, just gonna, happened in the preseason. Yeah, and it's going to happen this year with a lot of vaccinated players. No, I mean, no, no. I'm not talking right. about. No, I'm not talking about positive tests. I'm talking about Cam didn't whatever agreement they had and whatever it was Cam had to do. I'll, I'll paraphrase. He like slept through the alarm. He didn't do. He didn't follow whatever protocol they had. And they're they're pretty detailed. That's operation. different than like yeah. getting a positive test. I think that's on another I, I, level of just just do what we're what we agreed you're going to do. You could argue so. that was the straw that broke the Campbell's back. The only thing that kind of took me back is Bill started him over the weekend. So once he did that, I was like, ah, maybe we'll just ride it out. <laughs> so so could we go the whole other way and argue Mac was going to be the starter and he cut Cam so Cam could find another team? Yeah, who knows? I, I wouldn't put anything past the the old man. I the mean, old I, curmudgeon. I, is he going to, the Dolphins going to sign him? I wish the Niners played the Patriots. I would love to see a little mac and cheese versus Trey and Kyle and Bill. At some point, you're going to just have to stall him, start calling him some just by his name and not mac, mac? and cheese. Well, yeah. I think mac and cheese is a legit. I like mac and cheese. I don't think it's a compliment. <laughs> is that Someone's a compliment? Like, I, I saw something on, on Twitter. It was like, I, I, how awesome would it be if he just kept 50? <laughs> 50 players? Sweet. 
No, I'm saying 50, the number 50. That's what oh. Mac played in, 50. <laughs> I mean, if defensive guys can wear two, why can't a quarterback wear 50? I think because it's embarrassing. You got to I mean, own, yeah. own the joke, right? Like, yeah, I did grow up in a trailer with my mom, right? That's what Eminem did. You took everything they're saying about you and you, oh, say, you own it. So how can they make fun of you if you choose 50? You start selling 50, you know, you just, you know, some, some quarterback in the 30s probably wore 50. Oh, 1,000%. I like the Vince Lombardi Green Bay Packers. Uh, Gold Blooded on YouTube says, us small margin Niner fans that thought Mac would be great caught so much heat. You could argue it was a huge reason they didn't take him. The fans, LOL. There is a question. Would Mac have beat out Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, I think, pro- who knows? I, I, it would have been possible. Maybe he gets, maybe Garoppolo was just gone. But here's the thing, like, you could have picked the right guy, and Mac could be better player than Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like Mac is better right. than Jimmy. You saying, but Trey is better than Mac? Well, Trey was the right pick. He, I, Trey is not better. If you had to win a game tomorrow against a good team, like if the Niners were playing the Dolphins and the Patriots were playing the Dolphins, you would rather have Mac Jones be your quarterback this week. Like week one, Mac Jones is better than Trey Lance. Even I will not argue that. So when we, these guys are going to be linked at the hip for a long time. Mac Jones is a better player. He is more equipped. He just is. Trey Today. Lance doesn't even have touch right now. But that's not why they made finger. the pick. We'll, yeah, we'll, actually, we'll get to his chipped finger. Does any of this stuff right here, Mac Jones being the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, put any pressure on Trey Lance? Well, how does it not? Like, there's just no way around it. Now, you hit on it earlier. You cannot judge anything till like three or four years out, right? Because on draft night, you would have been like, damn, the Arizona Cardinals got Josh Rosen at 10. Holy shit. Like, is Lamar Jackson, is this guy's not very accurate? What? The, the Bills, these crazy assholes. Josh Allen, seven. You guys crazy? And just things age. Things change. Hell, you wouldn't have said that about Josh Allen really till like last year. So they are tied at the hip. There's no way around it. Even probably, and you've convinced me this, it's it's more than Fields, even though like Fields will be talked about, but like that it, that was the decision. Those two guys. So the Niners unless, were choosing between Mac and Trey, and ultimately yeah. Trey. Now was, Field, if Fields becomes the star, and those two guys are average, and one of them sucks, like that's a reflection on them, right? But like their circumstances were dramatically different. Like you said, would he beat out Jimmy? I don't fucking know. What would it look like with the Niners? I don't know. I but like him versus Cam skipping balls. Talking to my buddies with the Eagles, it was like he's skipping balls, skipping them. And then Mac comes in and he just completes it. So if you just watch one guy throw and the other guy throw, you're like, what are we talking about here? And then he's played well in the preseason. This gets back to though, right now, Mac Jones, and I don't I I, I don't know if I necessarily believed this before or even right around the draft, but after watching both of them play, Mac Jones today, better player, more equipped to win week one. Like I I would probably start Trey Lance. I've been saying that over and over, though I kind of understand what Kyle's doing. Though I will say this, in the preseason games that we saw before he chipped his fucking finger, he would be a roller coaster ride. I, their team is so good, they I, I'd, it'd be hard for them to lose to the Lions, but still the NFL. I do think like week two, would Trey Lance just be a lock to walk into Philadelphia on the road and win a game? It would be tough. You know, if he doesn't have the touch and he's just a little overwhelmed and maybe they 
if they got down like seven nothing in the second quarter. I don't know. It, I, I understand where they're coming from. Where I do think Mac is just a little more equipped. I don't know. He just played eighteen games in the SEC, playing well, right? And, and clearly, he just has attributes that translate immediately: accuracy, offensive understanding, just things that I think Trey's because they, they're throwing like a double playbook at him. Clearly, right? He has to learn the Niners playbook, and then he has like these specific plays that are unique to him. It's just a more complicated situation, but we're going to talk about it nonstop, but ultimately you can't truly judge it till years out, but that's not the way it works. Like you get judged every week in the league. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that happens when you're on a big stage, like Trey Lance is on, he's one of the biggest stories in the NFL is that it gets brought up to you, even if you're able to isolate yourself from it. Right. So Trey Lance, let's just say stays off Twitter, doesn't read anything. Anybody says, blah, 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 blah. But there's going to be questions to Kyle Shanahan. If, if uh, the Patriots are four and zero with Mac Jones, right. Hey, Kyle, did you watch Mac Jones last night? Kyle, what'd you think about Mac? You know, Kyle, uh, what was it that you loved most about Mac Jones? Right. These things are just to some degree unavoidable. Now, the reason you draft a player over another player is because part of you, one of the reasons is that you think, if I had both of these guys, I could make this guy better than this guy, right? I also think you got you to factor in truly to the, the amount of stuff they gave up to get a guy, the amount you invest in. I think the logic has to be we're, we're, we're shooting for the fences here. We're trying to hit a walk-off grand slam, not just – you can't try to hit a double once you trade all that, especially now looking back when you could have got him at 12. It would have been a – I know we have all the information now, but it was that's what I was saying, and I think a lot of people in the league are like, boy, is this guy going to go in the top five? Like A, t- a talent like that has never gone that high. Just right. physical attributes. Where Trey, it's easy to stand next to him and be like, yeah, this is what a number one pick looks like physically. Now there's more to playing the quarterback position, which Mac is more progressed at currently than right now than Trey. Of course he is. Older, played at Alabama. One guy played at North Dakota. One guy had a fucking season last year. The other guy didn't. But but you don't control where the other guy goes. If you draft Trey Lance, you don't control where Justin Fields goes. Justin Fields could go to the Rams, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, Justin Fields has a chance to be great. Or he goes to the Bears, and maybe it's harder for him to be great. Mac Jones goes to the Patriots, gives him a better chance to be great. Trey Lance is a Niner, gives him a better chance to be great, right? The Jets drafted Zach Wilson. Well, they know that then they're letting everybody... They're letting Kyle Shanahan have his pick then of what he wants to do next. And that you can't control that. You just got to worry about, here's the guy we got. Here's what we can worry about. We got to get Zach Wilson as good as he can possibly be. And if Kyle Shanahan makes Zach, makes Trey Lance a pro bowler, that's fine. Right? It's That's got nothing to do with us. If our guy's a pro bowler, that's okay. If Mac Jones is a 10-year starter for the Patriots and wins a bunch of games, that in and of itself isn't bad for Trey Lance. If Trey Lance is a great player. No. Well, don't you think last year doesn't make Kyle look good if like Mac is good, but Fields is, I mean, it'd be, I guess I was going to use the Browns Baker analogy, but like the GM and the head coach are gone. So it it doesn't even matter when, when you get new administration in there, it doesn't matter. But when it stays the same, you do get judged, right? That you just do like part of the reason Ryan Pace to this day still thinks he like bro, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, you pass on them both for Mitch and you're still there and you, and they gave you another shot to draft a quarterback. Like it's, Part of where, as long as Bill is there and Kyle's there and the, the, the administrations are there, then it's it's easier to kind of judge them on face value. It does get a little complicated when other people come in and better coaches. I think it's fair to say Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan, both guys got very lucky. Now, obviously, 
Trey gets more money, you drafted higher. It worked out pretty fucking well for Mac Jones. Now, it would have been great for him, too, with San Francisco. Like, if those were his two options and the two teams that probably truly liked him the most, which might have been the case, he was going to play pretty well. Yeah, except the difference was in San Francisco, there'd be this kind of Andy Dalton vibe on him, right? Like, the Bears fans would be like, ah, we didn't want you. Now, you can change that really fast. Right? It, it, it would, there would have been some negativity around but him. But it would just be some negativity. And in New England, it's like, great, cool, come on down. Right? I think I, I think you hit on something so key right there. He got to go a place where people were excited. They would have not been excited here. And they it would have been hard to convince people because I think his game's kind of like Jimmy. It'd be like, ah, oh, we just got Jimmy 2.0, maybe a little bit better. Like what? Kirk Cousins? That's like his Which which Jimmy comp? 2.0 or a little bit better or Kirk Cousins? Is that that's your core. I mean, that's your core. Well, if I tell you, you get a better version of Kirk Cousins, like you, the Niners are going to be going to the playoffs a lot. No, you but said a better version of Jimmy or Kirk Cousins. I know. I'm saying if, let's say, Mac Jones is a better version of Kirk Cousins, because Kirk Cousins well, is now better than Jimmy, yep. you would be in, the Niners would be able to make the playoffs immediately. Yes. yes. Where it's like, if and Trey Lance... Be signing, and I'll, if I'll you be had a better version admit. of Kirk Cousins, you'd be signing him to contracts that when he signs it, it makes him the, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Facts. Sorry, you'd be it, the first to admit what? If Trey Lance started 17 games this year, while I do think he would be dramatically better, in theory, down the stretch, they could easily miss the playoffs if he's overwhelmed. Because we talked about this, I think, on the last podcast, and I've been saying this over and over. The game of football, baseball, the the Giants play the Brewers again. You just show up, you take BP, you get ready, you play again. Basketball, back-to-backs, you just fucking throw out the ball, you play. There's no game plan. The entire sport of football is predicated on an individual game plan, right? You spend all week mixing and matching plans, plays, schemes, things to throw, especially a young quarterback off. And the moment, which he will naturally show something that he struggles at, they overwhelm you with that. So what we witness in the preseason, and this, Mac too, the sport of football looks differently come September, whatever. You know, if you're the that Bucks game, if you, September 12th is when most teams play. Like the games look differently. It's no different in college football this week. They've been practicing. They've been all of a sudden you're going to th- see things that you haven't. All these freshmen or sophomore quarterbacks all over the country. It's like you feel pretty good about it. And then they get out there like, holy shit, I don't know what this cover. What do I even do? And they freak, which is human nature. And that's something like there's nothing Tom or Aaron or and Mahomes at this point have not seen. That's just that you just don't know. Because I do think most people would be bullish. Let's say on let's use Mac for an example. They're like, I bet Mac, if you just said, like, how do you think he looks early on? People would be like, pretty good. I bet he looks there is a chance he gets overwhelmed and he's like, not doesn't look that good. Right? You get blitzes. I haven't, he played, gets a, hit. haven't played a game yet. Not played a game. Trey too. Like, I don't know how Trey's now, gonna throw, like when the bullets are flying. I do think Trey Lance is in a position compared to Mac to just take bigger jumps because of how little he's played. Right? The the basic explanation, if you said to somebody, why Trey Lance over Mac Jones, you'd say, because we think Mac Jones is closer to a ceiling than Trey Lance, and Trey Lance's ceiling is much higher than Mac Jones's, right? And part of yes. being closer to the ceiling for Mac Jones is that he's, he's played a ton of high-level football, which on one hand, it, it's funny, we use it both ways. It like is, it's, it's, it's a, we, we give you credit for it, but we also use it to discredit you depending on how good we think you are. But... For Trey Lance, and I think we saw it in the preseason where even that third preseason game, as we talked about on the last podcast, there were a lot of things you could go at. didn't look good. He didn't look as good. He, didn't look as, he hasn't looked as good as the first camps that we saw or OTAs. 
but I thought he's looked more comfortable. And I just think he's going to need a more and more and more and more of that. Whereas Mac Jones looks comfortable right away. The question is going to be, does Mac Jones look significantly better week five than he did week one? Does he look better week 10 than he did week five? On and on and on and on and on. Are they winning the whole way and he doesn't have to do that much? Like, how are they winning? It, it does set up for it to be really successful for him. And he he looks differently than he did at Alabama when he's just zoop, 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 throwing it all over the place. But, I mean... You know, the other thing, their roster offensively this year versus what their roster was offensively last year, just like Trey is really, if Trey plays and he's got Kittle and Ayuk and Debo and Juszczyk and Juice and all these guys around him, and Jalen Hurdjian, who made the roster, apparently, as I'm reading Twitter, made, um, made the roster. Mac Jones got a couple of tight ends. Like, he's, they got something there for him, right? Nikhil? Um, but. He made he made the team, didn't he? He would have had. He's injured. I'm just he's saying, like shoulder. Yeah, trade he doesn't even play. It's like asking a waitress for ketchup, and then she never <laughs> yeah. brings it. There's nothing you can do about it. Did you get I, the ketchup? I, no. I had a buddy that watched Trey here. Lance pretty closely this preseason, and I said, "What do you think?" He said, "He's really talented, big time athlete, perfect for the RPO and boots that are in vogue now. His rare ability to throw on the run with that power. If he can figure it out, they're really going to be stressing defenses out." This is an unbiased guy who just evaluates, you know, he's a scout, right? Just evaluates guys. And I think the scouting community, again, like I look at it, I see the traits. I do under, coaches do look differently. Like if we had John Filippo and Matt Nagy sitting with us right now, they could verbalize and explain things about Andy Dalton that you and I could not, right? Why they're excited, why he, like they, they valued things different than like, I bet if you just grab some random scout with the Bears, be like, holy shit, I, fuck, why don't we just play the kid, you know? But that's not how coaches in all sports, they, they just, they don't think, they, they have to think differently. And this is where I do give ultimately the Niners credit is they thought big picture. Because if you were obsessed with 2021, and it's not crazy to be, because you go, God, we could win the Super Bowl. They could have taken Mac Jones and at least justified it to themselves. Definitely Kyle could have with ease. They could have even said, we think he's better than Jimmy. They could have said, we think he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo right now. And you go, okay. I could have bought that. That it's a mild upgrade. But you don't trade all that for a mild upgrade. No, you you can't. It would have been, you you do not risk your life savings to hit a double. I, I just, I fundamentally don't believe that. Especially because, and you've hammered this home. There's no guaranteed double. We act like you're just guaranteed to make contact and hit the wall. Like you could easily swing through a fucking Josh Hader crazy ass pitch. Which God, that guy's got a crazy windup. I I would be terrified. There is no way. As someone who hasn't played baseball since the little league, I'll never forget getting kind of intimidated when the balls come out of the guy's hand. If I was a left-handed batter against that guy, I'd I'd dive the other way. It looks like it's coming right at you. No, I like you. my pitchers that throw about 99. Okay, sweet. You're about to unload another take, I thought, on Garoppolo. Uh, that, well, well, I just think that I think you could make a statement right now, like if we just wanted to take and put it on social media, like Mac Jones is going to be a better player than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think you could say that right now. Like just some of the things we've seen in preseason, we have no fucking clue if he actually will, though, when the game start. Like what if through three games, you know, that what if he throws three picks against the Dolphins? Right? We'll see. Well, does that end his career? No, but I'm just saying, like, he could start slow. Yeah. Not every, yeah. not every, he, he just, he's not guaranteed to just come out and throw three or four touchdowns. If he does, it's impressive. I'll give Did, him that. That'd be impressive. Here's a question. Did, um, 
Brian Flores' job get harder or easier when the when the uh, Patriots went to Mac Jones for Week One game plan? Defense? I think I I, I uh, oh just his job in a vacuum. Did the job uh, Week One preparing for the Patriots offense get harder or easier? Got harder. Yeah. I also and part think of that is not is that everyone's control. He just got a lot of cam tape. I also think this guy. There was a picture circulating. I might have sent it to you. I mean, I'm sure you saw it of just the visual of the three guys. And this was when Mac was probably like a sophomore. Jalen, that was the year that he got benched for Tua, and it was the three of them. Yeah, they're all three starters. And just that's an incredible accomplishment, even for Saban. Right? He had a group where three guys that are all got to be 23 or 24 or younger are starting on week one. Doesn't matter if all three of them don't turn out well. That's an incredible accomplishment. Honestly, it'll be one of the more underrated Alabama accomplishments over his tenure. That will probably be like a footnote, but that that should be higher than it is. That's that speaks to their greatness. But what if Mac and Jalen are better than Tua? That's crossed my mind. Like, what if both those guys are better? Like that to me, you don't shake that. And Wait. I saw a headline on Roto World. I guess it's called like NBC Edge now on my Twitter timeline. Mm-hmm. I didn't still click Google on it. Roto World and it'll yeah, it comes up. NBC yeah, I, I type it in Roto World and it comes up. That the owner is the guy pushing for Watson, because I and I don't blame it because I if I the owner has fucking eyes, he goes, "Is this guy good?" It's a problem. Does it get you the fired? The Jalen Hurd no, one would be crazy because we saw them in college, and Tua was better than Jalen Hurd. That one would be crazy. Mac Jones wouldn't be crazy. Like all three receivers said, Mac Jones is better. Jalen would be way crazier than Mac, but just. It doesn't matter if somehow they ended up with the third best Alabama quarterback. I know. It'd be crazy. But but I'm just saying the Jalen one would blow that one, the Mac one would not blow my mind. The Jalen one, as we sit here today, would kind of blow my mind. Yeah, I I thought he was a running back. But I, I do think if I take step back, he did when he transferred, sometimes we see this. Remember when uh it was the guy that had waited behind Deshaun, and then Trevor Lawrence showed up, and they just handed him the job. And he's like, what the hell, man? And he was pissed off, and he had to transfer. Yeah. And he ended up like, he's going to transfer. He didn't have any options. He ends up going to like Wake Forest or K-State or just some shitty program. It's like, yeah, he just wasn't that good of a quarterback. And Dabo kind of took some heat because he wasn't loyal, but then everyone forgot like two games in. Jalen did immediately go to Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, I mean, I... He he probably and is became better like a team than he, le- Chase Bryce. And became a team leader like that. I, I guess I think people, and I'm as guilty as anybody, probably were too negative on Jalen. Like, what were his, his other options, right? It wasn't just Oklahoma. He probably could have gone a lot of places. People liked him. You know, he, he was not just some random, you know, all, you, you were telling me about the quarterback that transferred to Oregon. Like, there are a ton of those guys all over the country, just transfers. I would say Jalen, looking back, is easily one of the better transfers of the last like decade, right? Goes there and dominates. Yep. August 7th, 1998 is his birthday. Tua's birthday. So someone in the chat just, uh, Yeezy says, uh, Tua is older than Mac and Jalen. Yeezy, why me? Tua is older than Mac and Jalen. How about that? How old is Tua Tonga Vailoa? Tonga Vailoa! Is uh, 23 years old, turned 23 in March. So he's a few months older than Jalen Hurts, and he's, I think, a year older than Mac Jones. God, they're so young. They got so much of their life ahead of them. So awesome to someone. Someone said, like, you said your birthday, you said your age was 35 one day, and then I heard you like a week later, you said it was 36. I'm like, yeah, you know, 
I'm so close to 37. I don't want to. I'm getting to. I, I just. I remember telling people like, "How old are you? 27." It was just so cool, so young. And now, you just get older and older. You're like holding on. Like I, I lied. I did. I had a two or three year stretch in my life where I forgot my age. I was still like telling people. I would have to think like, "Oh wait, no, it's 30. 29 was like four years ago. 31." You agree because you're going to turn 36 here pretty soon. It's a different saying coming out of your mouth than 35. I remember turning 35. And thinking, oh, thank God it's not 36. I've got another year. <laughs> I know. I'll get ready. Is it 36 this year? Uh, it ain't 35, yeah. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> See, I just choose not age is a number, John. I what I is? I, you, you know, many people say 40 is the new 30. That that includes you being healthy and drinking green juice is not probably eating like you and I tend to do. <laughs> uh, by the way, did you see the guy, Zeb? His name is Zeb something. He was the gra- He's a grad transfer. Graduate transfer who they just activated. He, I think he's going to start week one college football season. I'm no. Sorry, a graduate coach, not a graduate transfer. Zeb Noland. He was a gra- he, he had a year of eligibility left. He was like at one of the South Dakota states or something. Transferred, went to South Carolina to be an assistant coach. They had some quarterback injuries. He had a year of eligibility. He's starting the opener for South Carolina. The starting quarterback was a coach. Was a grad assistant, yes. That's an incredible this year. story. <laughs> Zeb Noland. Little Gardner on Minshew-y. Saturday. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Gardner was going to go to Alabama to be a backup and then become a grad assistant, though. He had a year. That's fine. There wild. you go. The age of uh, J.R. J.R. Smith becoming a college golfer. John, this podcast is brought to you in part by our friends at Draft Kings. Sign up right now. Use the promo code HAM when you sign up. You can use the link in the podcast. Use the link in this video to sign up. Get in the Haberman and Middlecoff DraftKings League. Get in our game this week for the FedEx Cup Championship and get ready to play an awesome football season with us on DraftKings. Yep, it's simple. We've been playing Daily Fantasy for a while. You pick your lineup. You're not stuck to any individual player. Obviously, the golf game, but football season starting week one, we will play every single week. You pick your lineup. You get flex players. You get running backs. You get It's easy. You just build it within the salary cap. If, if me and you can figure it out, everyone listening can figure it out. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the code HAM. For a limited time, new players can get a free shot at a million dollars during week one. Don't miss out on the action. Enter code HAM for a free shot at a million dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code HAM only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the National Football League. Minimum $5 required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Podcast also brought to you in part by Butcher Box, John. Butcher Box. You know about this Butcher Box? Don't you have taco salads tonight from Butcher Box? Are you, you guys know doing that still? Not only a Tito's Tuesday, it's a Taco Tuesday. That's right in the Haberman House. I recommend get your Booker, get your ground beef, get your uh, ground chicken, whatever you want to do, John. Get some Doritos. Trader Joe's Doritos will work good. You feel a little better about them for some reason. You crumple them up. You put them in the salad. Do some ranch. What, you some go, salsa. what else? You go olives. Whatever you want, olives, jalapenos. Yeah, oh, sounds fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, can't recommend. I know we had a couple people tweeting at us. They used it because the special we got going right now, no big deal. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Uh, three pounds of chicken breast, two burgers, and one pack of hot dogs. And listen, you and I had it delivered. You can order. You go put your own box together. You get to mix and match whatever you want. Chickens, ribeyes, ground beef hamburgers. They have so many different options 
of healthy grass-fed. I was talking to uh, our buddy Hawkins. He's like, he's been using ButcherBox for years. He's like, what I love about it, and he's a skinny guy, healthy guy, looks fantastic, small waist. Arms kept he's getting like, better, waist keep getting smaller. I don't know. Yeah, they have very, very healthy meat. And as someone who's not like a meat connoisseur in terms of the details, you know, the ones they use, he's like, are fantastic for you. And he's been very loyal. And again, I could, he's got a six-pack, and he's in his mid-30s. ButcherBox wants you to enjoy the rest of the summer <laughs> with this special deal. You, when you go to butcherbox.com slash ham, you get three pounds of chicken, breast, two pounds of burgers, one pound of hot dog for free right now. New members get the special deal when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham. That's butcherbox.com slash ham. Free chickens, burgers, and hot dogs. Can I read you this tweet really quick? Yeah. I just lost it. Do you want me to find it? It, uh, No, I got it. I want the element of surprise. It, it was on Tua Tonga by Loa. I, I, you know the most fascinating part about this NFL season? Beside, I, I, I do think it's the most anticipated NFL season ever, just because I do think most teams have, like, the overwhelming majority of teams have a legit, like, they think they're a playoff teams, and they're not wrong. But the amount of quarterback, we got the sweet dudes, we have so many polarizing quarterback things going on. This is what Darlington just wrote. I'm told Brian Flores addressed his team regarding the reports of the Miami trade for Deshaun Watson. Sources say he told players and staff that Tongvailoa is, quote-unquote, our quarterback. So it's like, there's just this pre- there's just this situation. There are three or four situations with a couple rookies. I'd say Mack and Trey definitely fall under. And then Miami, that it feels like it's boom or bust. The guy's 23. Is it just things happening at quicker paces than ever before? Like, that's fucking nuts. I'm not the biggest Tua guy, but it does feel like if he's bad this year, like, his career would be over with them. They just don't have the time. Like, they they won't mess around. And, and I... Who was I reading? It was Breer, I think, within the last couple of weeks. I had to leave Safari and go to Chrome because I don't know if you've noticed, Sports Illustrated, they mandate you pay if you use their website too many times. <laughs> They don't give you an unlimited amount of clicks. So the way someone told me through DMs, the way you circumvent that is you just open another browser, is Breer wrote that he talked to a, uh, it was either an offensive coordinator or a coach, a head coach, and he's like, I feel terrible for these quarterbacks nowadays. And, and it kind of sounded like it was going to be an older coach. Like, you used to just get years. It, 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 I think it kind of encompasses most players now, but like, uh, the fifth overall pick at minimum, you would get four years, which you could argue for fans. Like, why do I want to watch two if he just stinks? Now there are players historically that do come out of it. Alex Smith is a good example, but most teams are, I don't know if there'll ever be a quite an Alex Smith situation ever again. Just the, the pressure and the, the money and this, the, these GMs now also pivot fast. There's a lot of young GMs that will like trade and wheel and deal but it's pretty crazy that Tua, it feels like legitimately he's fighting for his job. And I'll tell you this, if he plays shitty week one, I think it'll be one of the biggest stories in the league. If like Mac outplays him and it's just like Tua stinks. I started thinking today about how many teams in the league are must see. And there's a lot of them. And Miami's on that list because of him. Now they're also on the list because they're supposed to be good. But they're on the list. Part of the NFL's advantage over so many other things is that they don't have to spend money or time making Tua Tonga Vailoa a star before he shows up in the league. 
So he shows up in the league as a star. And everybody has a take on Tua. He played at Alabama. Look at this guy. And and that makes the light so white hot before you've done anything in the league, right? And then here's the other thing. This guy you're talking about has got all this heat on him. Came in the league on an injured hip. Wasn't even healthy to start the season last year. Yeah. And then his backup quarterback, they weren't supposed to be good, but then they turned out to be good. The backup turns out is this guy who's like, one of the great, not a backup, but not a like playoff starter quarterbacks in the history of the league, Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's got magic right? in his nickname. I mean, that's is his nickname's Fitzmagic, right? I, I and whether yeah, I, I, that's, I am it's a little sarcastic, but it's also you know. yeah, exactly. Part of it is like it's not like if anyone should have the nickname, it's Mahomes should be like Magic Johnson, like one of those guys. But that's part of the fun of it is like you do get enough of it from him that it works. So that was his backup, right? Not somebody who's just, you're going to play, and you're just going to play, and you're going to play. Uh, there were so many factors, I think, for him last year that they were better than they were supposed to be, and then all of a sudden all their games mattered. It was like, well, what do we do now? Well, can I give you a little you know, producer in the back room, make a little video out of this bad boy, is I'll give you a destination if things go well for Jimmy next year and if things go poorly for this guy. Why wouldn't Jimmy Garoppolo, he comes from New England, Brian Flores was around him, they probably wouldn't cut Tua, let's say the season doesn't go well, but they'd immediately try to bring in someone that could potentially beat him out. If you're Jimmy, why wouldn't you, they're going to have money because Tua doesn't make that much money. Why wouldn't Jimmy Garoppolo, because he's not going to be on the Niners next year, I wouldn't touch the Texans with a 50-foot pole. New England now is Mac at minimum is going to get a couple years. Wouldn't Miami be a place where he could resurrect his career and become a starter knows the for a division. couple years? Knows the division. They have offensive weapons. He knows the head coach. Like I, I actually think if I'm Jimmy, Miami, I'm Jimmy would crush it. <laughs> Miami. Is there I got that bad, I got that bad boy circled for him. Yeah, it's interesting because they're going to – my first reaction is I hate doing any of this to Tua unless you're really upgrading, right? If you're the Cardinals and you want to move off a Rosen, okay, you're going to move off a Rosen because you got the number one pick in the draft. You're going to draft Kyler Murray. But if you're going to just – like there's a chance we come out of this year and you go, I don't think Tua's got it. But is he going to look so bad that you're just completely giving up on him? No, where I'm I'm saying is you bring him in, basically go – let's say they go 7-10 and this year. And it goes, God, and, and Max looking good. Trey's making some plays. Fields gets in. It just, it's clear like these other guys are just better players. Like just the whole crop. Herbert Burrow comes back. If you had to rank the guys this year and the two guys last year and Tua, if Tua's at the bottom of that list for like every fan, you bring in, because you probably couldn't trade them. You're kind of stuck with them for a minimum another year before you could like cut them. And I don't even know if you'd cut them. I mean, he'd still be serviceable. You bring in Jimmy at like fifteen million, but incentives to hit it to like high twenties because I don't know how, who's going to really pay Jimmy. And Jimmy goes, I could just beat this guy out and then be the starter on a good team, Tannehill style, and then be a starter for a couple years. Yeah, and then sign I, another. I contract. think that'd be a mess, but it's a it's a realistic mess. But if they went seven and ten with Tua, they'd be looking. like they're not just bringing Tua back, right? I mean, they are, but they got to find something else. Yeah, it's we got a lot of quarterbacks. Maybe by I, then, I think, did, yeah, I would say by then, Deshaun. Yeah, it could be Deshaun Watson. could be Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy has to hope that Deshaun does not go there because that would be a good spot for him with talent. I mean, they got, they drafted Waddle. They have skill guys. Gasecki, I like Gasecki. I might take him week one. 
Sound it do out. A turn a balloa. Turn the ball over. <laughs> Working on me on YouTube says turn the ball over. It's funny. Did you see the thing on uh, thing that was going viral the other day about like the reading in some? I don't even know what it was. It was like a local like HOA group for a community, you know, and you, you go through the minutes and the dude wrote all like 10 names and it was like, you know, Jack Mehoff. Yeah. Th- stuff like that, you know, bend me over, but they, they did it perfectly. And it, and the person was reading it dead serious going through them all. And obviously none of the people showed up. No one noticed. It was funny. It was good. They took taking roll. All right, John, we, we've, we've talked for a while. We have not yet talked about the fact that the guy we talk about all the time, Trey Lance is hurt. Now, not severely hurt. I don't know that I've heard chipped finger before, recovery one week. Uh, you and I were, you know, like a lot of people watching the preseason game. Anytime you see the quarterback doing a thing with his hand, hits a finger on a helmet, it spooks you. Rams had a spook in, the, in, in, uh, in practice a month or so ago with Matt Stafford. Obviously, he didn't play in the preseason. But... Uh, do you view this as minorly significant, moderately significant, significant? Well, it's not nothing. I mean, he has a there's a piece of bone that's cracked in his in his finger, according to Kyle Shanahan. So to me, that's not nothing. And listening to him talk about it on the Niners website when Kyle was on a phone call, that he did not sound, I would say, enthusiastic. Now, part of it, there's a lot of it's hard being a head coach this week. You're cutting a lot of guys that you like and respect. Your quarterback got injured. And one thing he said is, I hope he's back for Monday. I don't think it's any guarantee that he's back for Monday. Like, when I see this, I listen, I'm no Elliot Schwartz here, but as someone that... Good local doctor. Yeah, great. The best. I gotta I need a text guy. That doctor I, I just, to the stars, John. There's a chance that he's just not ready to go next week. Well, I don't think it's inconceivable that he's just he misses practice, then they can't even really use him. Nate Sudfeld survives because of this. You know, he just does. I, you know, my first thought when it when when it happened, it's it's unlucky. It's unlucky, but it's just it's part of he had to play. So I I can't put any he had to play in the preseason. I know. I texted you kind of kidding, like you know who didn't hurt their finger in the preseason? Derek Carr. You know why he didn't play? But he had to play. And that's part of this. He also needs, he's got to practice. Like, to me, it's not just about, well, now is Trey Lance being able to play week one in jeopardy? It's also just about, let's say he can play week one, but he's not back to Wednesday. That's a problem. Because the number one thing that I identified from Trey Lance's preseason was not that he looks like he could be sweet. I already thought that. It's not that, you know, maybe he's got to take a little off on his fastball. You and I have talked about that for months. I didn't think it was going to be as much a talking point in the preseason as it was, but it was. But his arm strength and can he throw with touch? And The number one thing I came away thinking out of the preseason with Trey Lance was this guy obviously needs to play football. It's not a groundbreaking thought. People have been talking about that for a long time because he only played one game in two years. But he's got to play, and it also means he's got to practice in order for him to just be on track. Now, maybe he's back Monday. Maybe he's back Wednesday. Maybe he plays Sunday. And the season rolls on and this never becomes a second thought. But I just, I think every opportunity he gets is really critical because everything they think about him is that he's a really fast learner, right? He can process, but he's, he's got to be available for all of that stuff. And especially when you're trying to walk this line that Shanahan, it seems like is going to try and walk of balancing him and Jimmy. 
Well, the pro- the problem from reading the doctors online is you can't take snaps. So until this thing heals, he will not be Shotgun. able to take snaps. So if it's not, I, I just don't even think you can put him out there. It's not the, the shotgun. Yeah, I just don't think it's worth the risk. I, I think it's tough, and this is where you're in this situation where I don't know enough about finger injuries, but I have broken a toe. It does. T- you just I, I would side on the side. You know, it may, if I had to do caution and he can't practice all week, if he doesn't practice all week, let's just let's just use a hypothetical. He misses next week's practices. I would say he would not play in the game as much as he normally would. Maybe they could still, if he is healthy enough on game day, maybe they have a couple runs, but I would say it would would dramatically change what they potentially could have done, which might be okay because they're playing the Lions. Yeah, I mean, it might be that you... uh, The question is why... For the Niners to win, it won't necessarily matter. I do think they got lucky the first opponent that it's not even... I think we would be making a bigger story out of this if they were opening up against the Rams. Don't you think? because do you think he's a lock to be yes. back? Because I do not. No, I do not. The The question, if if that happened, though, would be why didn't he play? Did he not play because he didn't practice enough to be ready? Or did he not play because his finger's not ready? Right? Because those are yeah. two different things. Like, if he doesn't play because his finger's not ready, you got a real problem. If he didn't play just because he didn't practice enough, but his finger is ready, then that's where I would say, you know what, maybe in a blowout, you do see him in the second half. He didn't practice but hey, we can just do the stuff that he's practiced before, and um, and play a little bit. It's weird because you would sign up for an injury like this, right? Just a little finger injury, whatever. But it's also not nothing, right? You'd rather have this. I'm saying like over a sprained ankle, a hamstring pull, right? A sprain in your shoulder. Like you would take this all over a lot of just the the go to NFL injuries that aren't too bad. That could be a week to two, you know, week to week type injuries. This does feel the most. Feels the most harmless, but as a quarterback, it, it does get a little, you know, it's not nothing. Throwing hand, uh, I, I don't know if I could use harmless on that injury. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're, that's fair. Throwing hand. He did keep throwing in that game. Yeah. I mean, Kyle said the only reason he knew, just because we got an x-ray. I don't think Trey came in begging like my fingers hurt. They just being cautious. That's what you have to do. Like, he's he's too important to roll it out there, and then it shatters. Uh, Honestly, kind of crazy. More fingers don't shatter in uh, just pro sports in general. Shouldn't NFL all defensive players uh, who plan on rushing the pass rusher have one of those padded helmets on their head in the preseason to protect the quarterback? But how many defensive linemen have we met that when they put their hand out, like four fingers are sticking other ways? I know. I'm just saying for the quarterbacks, wear the padded helmet in the preseason. All everybody else. Now you you can't, you know. Why can't I? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why can't I? Uh, yeah, Rome says, that. F it, let Kyle play Jimmy all year then. They're already messing up Trey's development. Go the whole way. I, you know what I think I, what that makes me think is like this is not just Kyle's decision. This is not just Kyle Shanahan deciding what to do. Jimmy Garoppolo's play will in part decide what happens here. It's not just Kyle gets to just pull whatever string he wants. Like, oh, I want, I want Jimmy. Let me just roll out a Pro Bowl and I just know what I'm getting. Like, we don't always know what you're getting with Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's not just a coaching decision here. Like, part of this is Jimmy Garoppolo's play will dictate. The record will dictate. What? Can, can I give you just the, my favorite nugget of the day? I just saw on Twitter. But it doesn't necessarily have much to do with what we're talking about. But it kind of does. The Patriots cut Brian Hoyer. Yeah. They, they cut Cam Newton and Brian Hoyer. Like, I saw, I saw the clip of he was just out there by himself. I just assume like maybe Hoyer was on COVID or something like 
They don't have a backup quarterback? Still. I mean, clearly they're they're gonna No, he's injured, I thought. Oh. I thought, but I mean, that makes more sense if Stidham. I, I thought Stidham will like broke a shoulder and was on pup or maybe they like uh uh wasn't Stidham terrible. Maybe they like Danucci. He was cut too. I know, maybe they I like him. him. I, I saw his name. A lot of Danucci's get cut today. Just that player. Danucci's. Did Chase Daniel get cut? Uh, I don't know. I did see the Niners apparently were slow. Jalen Hurd did, again, I mentioned earlier, but Jalen Hurd yeah. did make the team. So back from Ham had him dead, and uh, he returns, which I got it. I will say this. I'm happy he made the team because people are interested in him. He's just intriguing. I, you know, it's not our pick that got invested in it. So by all means, keep chasing it. I'd love to see it, but you just kind it of must not yourself. be. It, the finger injury must not be too devastating because they did cut Sudfeld. I think if they were nervous about it, they would just keep him. But maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know. That's a good point. So maybe they, they're confident that he'll be able to be the backup quarterback. I love when a guy... Do you know one of my favorite moments on a day like this is when an established player who's now not good anymore made a lot of money and does not want any part of like, you cut me is like, I'm quitting. Uh, Malcolm Butler was like, I'm retiring. Well, of course they were going to cut him. If you, you know, you would just make the team. He's like, you don't think August 31st is a normal time to retire. I am not letting the Arizona Cardinals cut me. Like (laughs) I'm one of the most legendary players in Super Bowl history. Cliff Kingsbury. I'm retiring. That's, that's a baller move. I, I would do that if I was one of those guys. Now it's hard. You probably think, oh. like, could I just go somewhere else? I, had Jordan, I, I was rooting for Jordan Matthews to make the Niners. Yeah, just... It's hard. I mean, they got that... The Charlie Warner guy from Georgia has been... Actually looks pretty good. I mean, I can't lie. Yeah. I'm kind of intrigued by that guy. Yep. Wayne so, Gallman. Uh, that's like just Wayne the Gallman. thing in the NFL, which... And I'm guilty of this. You make fun of these guys that get cut. And I don't mean on today, but just when we watch them on the preseason, like they don't deserve my time. And they don't. Like they're just not, I don't get paid talking about them. I don't really care. I do respect the shit, like how hard it is to get where they've gotten. And it is to make it to an NFL camp. We all knew those guys. Like I didn't know any famous people growing up. Right? Like, I would imagine the majority of human beings don't. When I say famous people, like famous athletes, I didn't know anyone that, like, had a 10-year NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA career. Personally, like, we're friends. But everyone had a friend of the family that was like, this guy. Jason Fisk. This guy. Chuck Bonneau's brother. But that guy played for a decade, right? Yeah. He was from Oh, you're saying, like, a guy that doesn't play that much? I'm saying, like, every friend group has the guy, like, meet Billy. Played at Weber State camp with the New England Patriots 87 and it's just and even if he does it's just a fun like that's a big deal you know where it happens a lot too like you're a kid there's just a local community camp right that's what I'm talking and that guy is an instructor yeah and it's like this guy and then you as you get older you find out like god that guy only got like 30 days with the Vikings I saw a photo I got 30 days with the Vikings I saw a photo the other day of like I don't even know what leagues like media day. It could have been the big sky or I don't know what league it was. It, but at the media day, they had the quarterbacks all there in like quarterback in their jerseys playing catch with kids. 
And like for if I was that kid, I'd be like, this is sick. That's a college quarterback right there playing catch with me. Doesn't move the needle for you or me when that guy has been Danucci in three years. But for that kid or that kid's dad who was like, oh, yeah, that was Danucci. Remember, son, when you played catch with him? Like, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's I cool. It's, my it, it dad, really I remember my the story. My parents, again, this is not actually the same because this guy played in the big leagues. But it was always like, guy, do you remember Kent Herbeck from the Twins? And I'd be like, no. Like, yeah, he played in the big leagues. We sold a car to Kent Herbeck in 1993. Like, what? Okay. But I've just, because of that, Kent Herbeck's always just been in my, in my, in my realm, you know? And, and, and I'm even talking about like Jordan Matthews got cut. Jordan Matthews has scored countless touchdowns. He's too good for round what you're pick. talking about. Yeah. E- even Nate Sudfeld got like a big contract, backed up the Eagles. Like I'm talking about the guy who no one's ever heard of beside you're a fan of North Dakota State or Fresno State or even like the guy on Texas or Oklahoma that was a rotational guy and was like a seventh round pick. And maybe his career's over today. Like that's just a, kind of a sad day, but it's also cool. Like he accomplished something that I think, you know, the overwhelming majority of college players don't get the opportunity to go to camp, right? Most college football players do not go to NFL camps. And I'm not yeah. Mr. Sentimental with all this. Like ultimately it's a business. I don't get, but it is, I think those Both guys are a little respect. Both things can be true. It's not part of what drives, you know, Sunday uh, uh, TV uh, ratings, but it's also, these are dreams. These are people trying to make it. And when sometimes they make it, and it's incredible. Uh, Okay, so just as a follow-up, just to put a bow on the Trey Lance conversation, so Nate Sudfeld getting cut does tell us something about what they think of Trey Lance because they're going to need a backup quarterback at minimum against the line. Maybe they think, yeah, it'll be interesting. Do they think... At minimum, he's available if something happens to Jimmy, or you know, is that the same as thinking we can actually just we'll be able to do all the stuff we plan to do with Trey if we if we get to that game? I don't know. That's you know what I mean. Like he's available in an emergency is different than we're going to do the whole full Trey plan week one. We'll see. A lot of warm bodies out there though right now that they can choose from if they need if they get into a pinch. Right, you got Hoyer. I guess Mullins got scooped. C.J. Beathard is not available. I can see Kyle Danucci type. They'll, they'll 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 sniff around if they were in a pinch. Yeah, who would they like right now? I think Hoyer. They if they if like Hoyer Trey Lance is going to miss if like let's just say Trey Lance is going to miss a month. I just think they would sign. Well, Hoyer if tomorrow. they suddenly no, try, if yeah, if they suddenly sign Brian Hoyer, that'll be a little bit of a red flag for Trey's yes. finger. Yeah. So, all right, something to keep an eye on. Okay, uh, the Niners actually made a trade. They traded the guy that we'd actually talked about a bit because we ended up watching him a lot, Jonas Griffith. Um, we've talked about the Niners before. DJ Reed, right, is a guy that didn't make the team and suddenly was an impact player. Impact, I mean, a starter, good player for the Seahawks. So uh, yeah. you talked to some scouts around the league, John, as we approach, as we got ready for this uh, cut down. What, what do they think of the Niners roster? I had a friend who hit me last night. He's like, who, who do you like or who do you think they're going to keep with their backup linebackers? I'm like, you know, I spent a lot of time just kind of focused on the the Warner uh, Greenlaw group. But and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I think a lot of these guys could make 53 man rosters. And the first thing I think about when someone says that is you've done a good job putting together a team when you have multiple, like whenever you see a trade a guy traded today and it it happened with probably like 10, 15 guys all over the league. And the Niners were one of them. 
That means your guy was more valuable to other teams. They didn't even want to risk him. Like He was getting claimed on the waiver wire, and that team wanted to ensure for a six-round pick, I was getting that guy. Right when the Ravens or the Patriots, whoever, they I saw the Giants. Well, if your waiver claim is not in the top 10, good players might not get to you. So to me, when you have tradable players, that speaks to like, you got a squad. And defensively, I think we question the Niners a little bit, like how good, if you're trading linebackers, that, that also means, guy, you would have cut that guy. You were right. prepared to cut him. Right, you weren't going to keep them, but then a sixth rounder made you change your mind. Yeah, so and ultimately you didn't keep them either way, right? You would have cut them, but sixth rounder, you just handed them to the team. I think that speaks to, I think the Niners front seven, I saw another tweet today. Now this was just from like a 49er account, but it said like source, people have been sniffing around the Niners defensive linemen, like some of their backup defensive tackles. Like they just have a good front seven group and I do think the one way you overcome, they got a questionable back four. Definitely the corners. You know, they're just not going to be a great cover team. You have a great front seven, you can be a really good defense. And that's that's what Harbaugh built the team at on. And really two years ago, I mean, Sherman was a really good player. They weren't throwing at Richard because you just went to the other side no matter what because you'd be crazy not to. But their DBs, like beside Richard, weren't. Like Jimmy hit you, but Jimmy Ward is not Mr. Cover. They dominated the front seven. So if their front seven is good as the league thinks it's it, it is, I think their defense could be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know? I would say for us, even going back to practice several weeks, that was one of the major talking points that we were just having with people on the sidelines was how, who are they going to, who are they going to cut? Like, it's going to be very difficult for them to, on the defensive line. Sudfeld. It's going to be, he doesn't play defensive line. Rosen. Uh, who, by the way, got signed. It was on a 53. Well, good the other night. Um, but that's been a talking point for several weeks, even before the preseason game started. I think they've they've been preparing for this for a while now, knowing they've got players on defense. They've got a lot of maneuvering to do. I don't know. Maybe it was nothing. I saw some of the Niners beat writers tweeting at the Niners at like 2 o'clock. Like, at Niners, you up. Like, their, their roster announcements were taking some time. Could have just been a Wi-Fi issue. I don't know. But... Maybe it is somewhat representative that they just had some really difficult decisions because they had players before the games even started that uh, they just knew they weren't going to have enough spots for. Which is a good thing. And good teams cut players that other teams want. And that's where you should be, your five. Right? You should be your five, which these two guys have been together, having stuff like that happen. The Chiefs traded an offensive lineman today. Uh, the Ravens traded an offensive lineman to the Giants. Like that shit should happen with good teams. You should have t- you should have backups. Unlike uh, unlike the Raiders, whose backups look terrible. They cut John Brown. John guys. people want John Brown. Yeah, you should have guys people want. And now I wasn't even trying to take a shot at the Raiders there, mm. but I, even Raider fans would acknowledge their roster is not very good, right? You, you could, their backups are terrible. Their starters, we'll see. But like, you should have good backups. You have to in the NFL because especially seventeen weeks. Right, I you know, and maybe it's impossible. If people were calling me about players, and I was like, "Well, well, this guy's clearly viewed as a fifty-three man guy. Should we load up on this position and just trim at another position and keep the most fifty-three level guys?" Right, 
but it's hard because you have to have a certain amount of guys at every position because that guy can drop like a fly too. So you can't have like seven linebackers right. and then just like six alignment. It's a balancing act. You could argue that the NFL probably could do a better job of rewarding teams that maybe there's like two extra spots that if it's a draft pick, you don't have to cut, right? I think stuff like that would be... We've talked forever about like the guy you draft should get more salary slot on the cap, right? So when if you extend a quarterback that you've drafted like a Dak, you know, like a Mahomes, shouldn't you get like $15 million free or just something to benefit like, well, you made a great pick, right? You should get credit on that one. Clearly they don't ever capitulate to those demands by maybe no one in the NFL talks like that. It's just us on the outside. It feels like a media thing, but it is a cool talking point. I also think though, just with the cut downs, it's like, well, I drafted really well. My team's really good. And I got a cut. Like you see sometimes like the, the tough decision by, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys cut former fourth round pick. And it's like, God, they loved them, but they just didn't have a spot. Like, I don't think you ideally want to cut these guys. No. And sometimes they're just making that up. They actually internally don't think the guy could play. Yeah. I mean, who did I, the I Niners see? thought that guy could play. The Niners thought Griffith could play. Yeah. Like they liked him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and the they more people saw them thoughts. saw him, the more other people thought he could play. I saw um Garrett Gilbert. I the uh one of the Cowboys beat writers tweeted like Garrett Gilbert should have been the backup, but he he basically screwed the pooch and missed his opportunity to be the backup quarterback and the job went to Cooper Rush. And then I saw Maybe it was rap sheet or somebody was like Garrett Gobert cut tough because he had a really good camp. That's like, well, which was it? Did he have a really good camp or did he blow his opportunity? Judging by the fact that he got cut probably closer to blowing his opportunity than that. He had a really good camp. But part of that is just, you're trying to get, you're trying to drum up some level of interest. Although I don't think teams are getting fooled that way. Um, I mean, when, when a tweet like that and listen, I've, you wouldn't know my name, but I know me and you have talked with him. I saw him last time I was at the combine. I enjoy talking with him. Sometimes when Rapshi does shit like that, like who? That's not for the fans. That's for other teams. Like what? Like Rick Spielman's like, hey, uh, hey, Zim, you see this Rapshi? Gilbert's been crushing it at camp. Like who's even that matters? Uh, fans might think that, but what executive or head coach is like, holy shit, this Gilbert character? Well, yeah, he's been in the league. Has he been in the league like nine years? Didn't he come in? Wasn't he the guy that came in when Colt McCoy hurt his shoulder against Alabama? Yep. That, that, the guy, that was 2009. He was that a true was a freshman long... that year. <laughs> Still, true freshman. that was a lot. Didn't, Rap... he, didn't he end up transferring to SMU? Was SMU. That it? Yep. Uh, Rap Sheet's real tweet was the Cowboys have released Gilbert, had a nice comeback in camp, but not enough. So that was just. A... Okay, so it wasn't as crazy. I made it. I made it. Sorry. Sorry, Rap Sheet. I didn't mean to, but I believed you because around. I've seen some of his tweets. I mean, but, but again, like that's not the way other people presented it. Um, but it's also the reason you do this stuff is for the players. So I can't just squat on you and make you my eighth linebacker and never play you, but keep other teams from having you. Right. I'm going to give you the same advice. I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said, they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the Lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story 
of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin-safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts, Boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code ham. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code ham50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot tournament season or the fight for playoff home court there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year so get in on the excitement with prize picks america's number one fantasy sports app and you can get it on baseball too i've got some season long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs uh, not off not feeling great about shohei less than 38 and a half right now but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. ButcherBox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night, I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden, it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Tacovas. Oh, yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is a couple weeks ago, and I said, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered... Can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio. 
and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacation's coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Like it should be. Cuts should be That's not the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first thing you think about is not like you'd rather squat on a guy than give him away so he can play for a team else would. Yeah, like. but that's not better for the player. Yeah, I'm saying sometimes getting cut is actually better for the player or certainly traded. Definitely because the team's invested yeah, tra- in traded for sure, because then you're going to play being cut. It just can be risky because you could be a better player than maybe you played in the preseason games and it showed in practice, but the league doesn't have access to the practice field. You're like, guys, I was fucking making plays. You know? That's where you don't let a guy play in the preseason. Well, that used to happen a lot, I think, with the four preseason games. Now, it doesn't feel like anyone hides anybody anymore, mainly because they need them because half the teams don't even play anybody. So you just like, yeah, we got to play this. We would have we held uh, Billy out you know, back in 2014, but now he's got to take 45 reps. That's where you go, like third preseason game, Fred Warner's playing, but Jonas Griffith is out? And that's when you hide him. Uh, who's going to return punts for the Niners? Ayuk? Because uh, they cut Benjamin, huh? Because Benjamin's Richie gone. He's got a broken leg or torn MCL. And Asabenya uh, um, Simba's gone. Um, that was me trying to I, 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 I am not into putting Brandon Ayuk back there. I, I, I disagree with that. Well, maybe. Like I, but you wouldn't, even if you're going to do it, he, maybe they add another guy because you wouldn't. Have one punt returner on your team? I think you could. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's another guy on the team that could do That's it. But I mean. if you're the starting punt returner and you are healthy, like you could just be the starting punt returner all season, like early on. And in fairness, maybe Kyle would say, "Well, Odell Beckham for the first three years of his career returned punts. Deshaun Jackson did. Like, he, if he's our best guy, why not do it?" And I'd be like, "Well, I I, I agree with that but- in theory." <laughs> But didn't didn't the Giants and the Eagles want Deshaun Jackson and Odell Beckham back there when they were twenty three years old? Yeah, yeah. They, those guys scored touchdowns I, from doing I know. that. And if and if you just had Brandon Ayuk play sixteen games, maybe I'd be more open to it. I yeah. my pushback to Kyle I never would be got like, a hand. Yeah, I hear you, 
But I feel like the likelihood of your guy getting clipped in a weird way and then missing a month just feels higher than everyone Does else. Does all gas, no brakes carry over, or did, did Salah take that? Because if you're all gas, no brakes, you put Brandon Ayuk back there, and you just put your best foot forward on every play. I feel like all gas, no brakes resonates more when you're an up-and-coming team than, like, Belichick is just like, yeah, show up on time, we're here to win. Apple, you know? <laughs> Amazon, all gas, no brakes. That's our slogan. <laughs> yeah, I just... All gas, no brakes. It, it it really resonates when you suck. Like, give it all you got. Fucking run through walls. Like, Belichick's like, Max, just, you got to be here at six in the morning. See you tomorrow. Here's a question from Josh on YouTube. He says, how often do returners get hurt? Legitimate question. Like, do, has there been a study? Out. Has there been a study that returners get hurt like one and a half X of receivers? Because I would do that. That's study a, that's if a I fair call that's a fair, I'm sure the study's been done. That's a fair question. I I just think you are just kind of a sitting duck back there as a like if the guy wants to get a penalty, he can just kill you. Would it be nuts if you were the other team like take him out? Like you yeah, I know that makes people uncomfortable, but that's how people talk in the league. And when I say take him out, I just mean like if you get a hit on him, like we'll be cool with the flag. I mean, like hit him in the head. I just mean you get to you get a kill free the shot head and the body him. will die. No, you just you got to take out the body, but I mean, you get a you get a forty yard running start, and he's standing there. To me, it's the most vulnerable position in all of sports, because at least I always push back. I hate, I despise defenseless wide receiver. There's no such thing as a defenseless wide receiver. You're fucking running over the middle. You're not defenseless. You know the guy's there. You are because you know the guy is there, and you are running full speed, and you you can choose. That's why we call alligator arms. Like guys turn it down all the time. You cannot really do anything if you're just standing there flat-footed looking upstairs at the punt and two guys are bearing down on you. Would you agree that's way more way more defenseless than any wide receiver ever is? I'm not uh, saying you can't get destroyed. Yeah, I mean, yes. I do think there is such a thing as defenseless receiver, though. I mean, you are, if you're just like there is, you're airborne, right? You just not, when you're not in a position to protect yourself, you are defenseless, right? Yeah, but you get hit on defense. Like yeah, get, and it's not about preventing you from getting hit. It's just about having a defender recognize it would be so easy to ruin this guy right now, and I just got to go with the textbook. Like, no matter how you hit a guy standing back there, just standing there staring up without the football, that's cheap. And then— Well, can you get a, can you get a penalty defenseless wide receiver if I tackle you around the waist or crush you in the waist? Um, I don't— uh, you know, I just assumed you got hit. You just hit them. I, I'm not just talking about the money shots. It just feels like they're more likely to throw out just an enormous collision, even if it is quote unquote legal. They throw that out a little too much for my liking, though I understand where they're coming from and what they're trying to do to the league. You are truly, truly defenseless standing there on a, as a punt returner. Yeah. Especially if the punt, if the timing of everything's a little off. So it's like the hang time's perfect. And those guys are. You know, not too close, and they just get to like hit you in stride. Yeah, I mean, you can say how often the wide receiver when you do get destroyed, you are moving like you you are not moving. You are standing still, and the guy got a 40, 50 yard head start. Yeah, and they're fast. Yeah, and they're trying to make Shurfield. an impact. AKA Antonio, Antonio Brown, Brown running at you. That's right. Could he do it? I, I I was I mean I feel like we saw him do it a little bit. Uh, did we see him do it a little bit at camp? A little Sherfield? I don't remember. Being much, but you know, you know when golfers talk about like you know I've just been spending the last couple of weeks of the putting, you know, the putting green or the, the chipping a lot. Couldn't like Sherfield just have him return punts for all week, like just shoot in the jugs machine nonstop. See if you can figure it out. Like you're great cool on special that. teams going the other direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's what I would try to have him be a punt returner. 
Uh, by the way, speaking of the Antonio Brown, I said the other day on the podcast, I didn't, I couldn't remember who had said that Trent Shurfield looked like Antonio Brown. And then uh, the person who said it heard that and tweeted at me, Jordan Ramirez, full name on the internet, J Ram, uh, said, I'll, I'll take my credit now. So Jordan, it, that it was your call. Ve- you nailed it. Very good. Very good body comp. The co- the bodies do look, that's a good one. Uh, what- they, they do look like each other. One other thing I got to, we got to, well, you can see it sometimes. Oh, I was watching the Brewers got a guy watching the Giants. You watch him for 13 seconds and you go, I know that guy's favorite player was Miguel Cabrera. He wears the same number. He looks just like him at the plate. He swings like him. He steps out of the box and walks around like him. Like it's not an accident. He looks like Miggy because he's, I can just tell some guys you can tell when you look like Steph Curry, St. Mary's has this guard, had this guard a couple years ago named Jordan Ford wore 30, wore the Under Armors, walked like him, had the whole deal, shot, was a really good player. It's just like that guy, his favorite player, Steph. I don't need to check the bio or ask his mom, right? And I don't know about Trent Shurfield feels like he might be a little old to have AB be his favorite player. But, I mean, I don't know. We should ask him. <laughs> I like uh, <laughs> like I like talk to him. I, I He's one of the rare role players in the NFL. Now, granted, I'm just probably more locked in on the Niners' full roster than most teams that I'm kind of fascinated by. Like, how, how did you, just watching, like, the guy can play, yeah. and clearly he's been playing. Yeah. How did he go so under, in a league, now I guess the cap came down a little bit, but if he's really this dynamic as a cover guy, wouldn't he been worth, like, a couple million dollars guaranteed to a team? Like, not even, over, like, a two-year contract and spread it out, so you're not even really paying him that the much? the team he was on? Well, but I get, they ran out of money. They were paying all these other how people. How much is he like, making? Show stars. I mean, it's got to be like a million dollars. It can't be much. I mean, he went to Vandy. He, There's got to be some SEC tape on this guy. I know, but he but he was an undrafted free agent. He'd no, been there. He'd been on the Cardinals. It, it's not like he's an undrafted free agent right now, so we're hyping him up. Like, he's been playing in the league, right? Like, he's been... 16 games, 15 games, 13 games out of order. He played 15. I know. He's played it. He missed one game the last two years. Had nine catches. bring up his... He's going to have nine catches in the first month of the season. Well, if Trey Lance is the quarterback. Yeah, he's making $9,200 or not $9,200. Whoa. $920,000. Do you know what they guaranteed him? Nothing. I don't know what. I mean, 200 Gs. Okay. But you're telling me that if he's as good as I think he's going to be, a- and relative to what they're asking, he's not worth like a million dollars to teams in the league? Like just solid teams? I wonder if it had to do with the, I don't know. I don't know what it had to do with. I know I've heard Kyle say that maybe early on in camp when he was killing it, someone asked Kyle at a press conference and he was like, you know, Hightower was banging, banging the drum for him. And now he's like kind of giving him credit. Yeah. A lot of special teams, no coaches, no one gives a shit what you say because you're fighting for your guys. You're like, yeah, we don't have, we're allocating money to the JJ Watts and to the Dak Prescott's and to the Nick Bosa's. You're just like, we'll worry about the guy. We're going to guarantee two, $300,000 last. But remember, they signed him relatively quickly in free agency. Like, they isolated him. They gave him some money, and he probably, like, never made any money. You get 200000 to guarantee, and they're like, hey, you're going to make the team. He just went in. That's going to be one of the best signings they've, if he's as good as, like, we all think he's going to be for those people that have been around the team. that That's an incredible – that's like Farhan's far jealous of that move. You got to have a Again, couple of those a year, too. If, if he's good. Yeah. Uh, we got to follow up on this. I've been meaning to work this into the podcast, John. Somebody found it. Uh, this is a few weeks ago. The old Reddit thread, the line 
Rich Gannon on Lions. Why do Haberman and Middlecoff call the red zone the baby zone? It's because Rich Gannon, the word was, it's better to die a baby than fumble on the goal line. So it was actually a fumble line. So we both kind of, together, we neither one of us had fumble. We we amended it to enter, to turn it over. Better to die a baby than fumble on the goal line. That's the baby zone. So everybody should get ready for the football season if you're new. If uh, oh, Do you need to see that? I was looking at the date because he, he could have said it multiple times. <laughs> I think he swear. said it multiple times. He might have. You think you think someone would have told him? I feel like somebody would have said something to him. Maybe not. Uh, but if he but he's been calling games now for a decade, probably could easier to pull off five years ago. And, and I also think there are certain people, even in this day and age, you think Rich is like the head of CBS saying it, or like his producer? Like, yeah, man. I, I would say his, to me that situation would be like the producer might say something like, "Rich, hey, not a big deal. I don't think it was anything, but you know that one could have." I saw a couple tweets, or not even I saw a couple tweets, just because you and I, we didn't need to check Twitter. When we heard it, we went, whoa, it's a hell of a statement. So that's, to me, what might happen. But maybe no one said a word. I don't know. Was it a Derek fumble at the goal line? No. It might not even have been a Raider game. What? I think it was. Um, I don't know. I, f- I swear it was a pick, but maybe maybe you're right. I, don't, I, I didn't remember fumble either, so I, I, I'm not right. It is crazy the, you know, the farther and farther you get away from things, the way we had it, it was like, you know, you can't throw a pick to the right side of the red zone, all seven babies die. That's what Rich Cannon said. A co- you know, he he just, gave a telephone. Things just grow. Yeah. Yeah, you just add on cooler elements. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? It's called enhancing. Yeah, it makes it sound better. So that makes the story sound good. Uh, a few other things we wanted to hit on, John. Uh, Bishop Sycamore. I'm already tired of this story. <laughs> I am too. I think their coach might have been fired. Made up school. I think he he was. What's the yeah, cra- let's was. just talk about it this way. What's the craziest part of the Bishop Sycamore story to you? I think it's by far ESPN not vetting it and figuring it out. Especially with Lugan Bills on it, it's pretty simple. What's your fucking roster? Hey guys, here's your roster. Hey Tom, you notice these guys? No, I've never heard of them because by the time they got there, the only clip I saw was when it was like 30 nothing, and the announcer, because I clicked on the football yeah, yeah, scoop, yeah. and the announcer goes, I'm sure you watched it too, goes, we apologize. This is not what we intended for it to be. And this was early on in the game. I think they realized they had a major problem on their hands, right? I know Luke's pretty well. I haven't asked him about it yet. Not because I think he's sensitive to it, because he's not, I don't think he would be, more because I think his inbox is probably packed with Bishop Sycamore questions. But I'm going to circle back with him and ask him about it because that is a pretty crazy part of it. Like you're not sneaking top 100 recruits past the guy. He knows he's involved in the grassroots of college football, the scouting. Well, he knows the whole deal. Well, it's like, hey, hey, D- hey, DJ, for the draft night, should we have these seven players cut ups ready to go on the first round? He's like, yeah, three of these guys aren't going to go. You know, he would just know, right? Just well, like Logan Bill knows. One of the issues I think is that their roster had players on it that aren't don't exist or like weren't playing oh, they for made them. them up my all my other guess is i don't think i've done high school football before sometimes you do some like random shit and you don't you get rosters like day you just you don't get stuff you know and your rosters look this will be a good word you haven't heard in a while that works here your rosters are janky you just get like it's just there's not a lot of communication but what and but they were not there not right <laughs> 
They well, weren't one on of them was the not. other thing is they weren't on site. They were like in oh, they, Florida oh, okay. or Charlotte or Bristol. Okay, that doing the that game makes in like you know, sweat and sweats. Okay, that makes it a little more understandable. To me, the I'm not blaming no, the announcers. I'm blaming management. No, Luke's Luke's is a button down guy. To me, the craziest part about it is I. Th- I mean, there's a million things that are crazy. This team, like the address, it's like a business park. There was I saw a different story about a guy who was like, yeah, we all just lived in a. In a hotel for like, we had to rob grocery stores for food because it was the only way we ate. That was a quote from a former player. We had to rob Kroger's. I this team played on a Friday and then rolled back and played on a Sunday and nobody said a word about it. Not a player. Reps. Nobody. And I, I saw that. I, I thought, well, don't let the NFL find out. You can, we can play Friday, Sunday, double headers. I mean, yeah, it was that to me, John, is unheard of. A Friday, Sunday, bang, bang for a football team, and then you look but at them and they all—they're dressed like the sharks from uh, any given Sunday. I, I, I do think though these teams—it never happened in high school football because you had to play other high school football opponents. It's—it felt very a. I, I vividly just sitting on my couch, flipped around, and for like two minutes, I stayed on there, didn't know what I was watching. Because I thought it was a college football game, then clearly it wasn't. But they showed this one offensive tackle. The other team was stacked. I am five star guys, right? This left tackle. This is why I stopped because when I was flipping through the channels, they were on the left tackle. I swear to God, he looked like Trent Williams. He's like seventeen, clearly going to like Bama or Georgia. So I'm like, oh fuck! And I assumed it was like the De La Salles versus De La Salles. And then when it came out a little bit later, I was. But they're both. AAU type programs like Jalen Green went to high school at some uh, the high school doesn't actually exist in Napa it's just a created thing uh, for sweet uh, players prime, uh, not prime prep um, some, uh, like you play you play at modern day Premier or Clovis Premier. West or De La Salle or Folsom like that's a high school where other human beings are there, there <laughs> aren't the, these, are, these are just prep. created fake there's no school. It's just a joke. Prolific prep. This ecosystem has been running for years, and obviously you were around it. You were in you know, a, a, a personnel department, basically, on the college level. I've seen it for years. They didn't, exi- they didn't exist, though, then, I don't think. But there's always been these prep schools like... Uh, N- not for football, Virginia though, not for Mil- football. How long has Virginia Military Academy been around? What is that? It might be a legitimate well, school, but it's a prep school. Well, in California, though, it's so far away, and at Fresno State, that exists. You're right. That, that, I'm just you're saying right. there have been, there been legitimate no, ones where you take a year off, you go do a thing. I think that's legitimate. But the prep school was real. The prep school was real, I thought. Somewhat. Yeah, yeah. I'm More saying, real no, 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 no. I know. I'm, yeah, I'm saying. Now there's been these ones that are just, the internet probably helps. You can do distance learning, you know? Yeah. Uh, Keneal says, yo, did you just mention Clovis West? You're damn right. You have you not donated to the Clovis West football fund? Head coach Eric Brown ready to bring Clovis West back to the glory that it deserves. Flip the prime green fertile Central Valley football ecosystem on its head and take Clovis West to the top CIF Division One. We do it different in the state of California. It's not five A. Um, yeah. Open championship level football. Maybe I don't want to set the expectations too high. I don't know. But finally, stability coming to the Golden Eagles. You know when you and I lived together at in Fresno, California in the 559, Clovis West, I think my first year there had a had a guy named Eric Brown or excuse me, Travis Brown, who is uh 
obviously Eric, the head coach's brother, their best player, and he was going to go to Boise State until we recruited him. He came to Fresno State. Maybe he was always going to come to Fresno State. Their quarterback is a part of arguably the greatest stat in NFL history. Jeff Toole, who went to play for Washington State, is the only undrafted free agent in NFL history to start week one of a season. Because remember, he went to the Bills. I don't even know who the other quarterbacks were, but they must have had like three injuries, and he started week one. But it was he was a first-year starter at the time at Clovis West because they had another guy who was a college player. Yeah. Uh, Not Tedford's name. Was well, they, had, they had Bo I, they Sweeney. Had some, yeah, yeah. Who? It was Bo Sweeney. He took over for Bo. Yeah. Cause we're, but Bo went to like an Ivy League school. Bo went, yeah, everyone was mad because he didn't go to Fresno. His yeah, dad Pat was a legend. Yeah. His grandpa, a legend. Yeah. Pat went, Derek, was that the Derek Carr year? Might have Derek been. came, Derek was committed at the yeah. time. He was coming the following year. It's safe to say Pat made the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. I think it gets complicated in, in high school football to college football when it's like dad was a legend at the program. It's like, yeah, we got better coming in. It's like, well, I'm Herb Street's son. It's like, yeah, I got Justin Fields coming. Like, you might be good, little Herb Street. I'm, I know they're like walk-ons at Clemson, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what Herb Street's dad played quarterback at Ohio State? No, I didn't know that. I didn't is that, know that Is either, that in the book? He did. Uh, I don't know. I haven't read it. <laughs> Heard him talk on one of his 7 million interviews he did. Isn't there a Belichick uh, Patriots book coming in like October? Aren't we waiting on a Rosenberg book? No, I, I think it's out. Wickersham. Wickersham? All the lies or uh, the Patriot reign, secrets revealed or something. It's out, yeah. Oh. All right. Are you out on yeah, Brooksy? So you want to address that? How do we yeah, feel yeah, about I, Brooksy? Not can't say it anymore, John. Well, I, I think don't know if that applies to an international fan base, though. I, I, I do think there's a balancing act. Ultimately, the way that the PGA Tour is making money is a little... And it's always had this, but a more like I would say in their mind, classier way. Like it has some boxing WWE elements to it. You have people you root for, you have people you root against. They're all individuals. It's 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 not like the other, I would say, team sports where if you're playing at a if if I go to the Brewers game night, I'm a diehard Giants fan. I'm just rooting against the Brewers. Like you are kind of actively rooting against some individuals and not others. It's it's unique that way. Now, there haven't been historically, probably, I would say, in modern-day golf, many people, I think, people actively rooted against. Like, if Tiger or Phil are in the mix, you're rooting for that guy, but you're not necessarily hate the other guy. It's just like, I just want Tiger or Phil or, or Bryson or whoever to win on that given day. To me, Brooksy started, I would say, pretty organically, right? They just having this fight, and it's real. Uh, and it kind of jumped the shark. Because I think most people now are yelling it. And ESPN.com wrote that article on... I, I didn't read the article. I just saw the, the headline of when Bryson finishes the historic playoff where he just loses to Cantlay. And he's walking up the hill. And he, he immediately comes off after he loses, hands his hat to a little kid. And, I you know, it's a pretty devastating loss for Bryson, right? He had ch several chances to win it, hands his hat to a little kid. Pretty... You know, authentic moment for Bryson. A dude probably standing right by him as Bryson gets 10 steps away, screams it. I have no problem screaming it if you're kind of looking at him. Like, that takes some balls, right? It's easy to scream. You and I have been to these PJ Tour tournaments like, go Phil or whatever. The guy's right there. He may acknowledge you, he may not, but you're not, into, like, you're not, you're rooting him on. Go DJ, get some fucking DJ, or I got money on you, Brooks. 
But the way they're saying it to Bryson is basically like, fuck you. You know, that's what they're doing now. And they're all doing it when he's past them. Like, that's pretty cowardly. Like, when I say it as a, if I go to the Giants game tonight, and I'm, is Christian Yelich even still alive? If I'm screaming yes. at one of their guys, I, they are, if I have decent seats, like, they could see me. Now, they're not going to come at me, but it does, like, the guy might be looking at me. That happen, it happens a lot in NBA, right, if you're close. In golf, a lot of these guys, to Bryson, to me specifically, are doing it when he's past them. And it's like, it's kind of become a move for pussies. Yeah, I, you, I, I've always, I've felt a little different about this whole thing, probably than most people the whole time. I always felt like it was borderline, even though you're professional and you bring some of this on yourself. It always felt just a little borderline weird. I think part of the reason it's felt a little off to me is because it's not like you play a team sport with home and road games. You play some road games where everyone's mean to you. You play some home games when everyone's cheering for you. But the Brooks and Bryson thing, there's not like a large contingent of pro uh, Bryson DeChambeau fans yelling shit at Brooks, right? It feels like it's pretty one-sided. Well, there, there, there aren't any. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. And I think that's part of why it feels a little different to me than if it were there's Brooks and there's Bryson, right? And you go to the Ryder Cup, some people are going to be yelling inappropriate shit at the other side, but our side's got some people yelling at your guys too. And I'm not in this I do by think myself. It feels I, I do, like I, it's kind of like it's again. It's it's like like Bryson's been ganged up on, and even if you've brought some of that on yourself, I think that's where that's where I felt a little uncomfortable with it. Is it feels like he's been ganged up on, and I'm not saying he needs my sympathy. I'm not. It's not even that because again, you there. You make some good points when we talk about this. Like he's brought some of this thing on himself, and he tries to lean into it. But I only think he's leaned into it because there's nowhere else to go, right? Yeah, you're right. I also don't think that people yelling at him, Brooksy. I bet half of them don't even give a shit about Kepka, right? They're just that's just a fun thing to do. It's it's bullying Bryson. It's yeah, fucking with yeah, Bryson. Yeah, but that's and it's clearly got to a point where he it's mean to him. <laughs> and to me, if you're gonna say it and he's looking at you, like that does take some balls. Like he's a he's not a small dude. They're all saying it when he's walked past. And I was listening to. Uh, I think No Laying Up had Harris English on a couple weeks ago, and him and they had that moment, right, at the at the tournament. I don't even know who won, but they were playing the final group together. Neither of them won. And Tony Harris fucked up. No, this was the week before. Remember Harris, like, pumped a couple in the water, and Bryson was going really slow. I don't think Bryson won the tournament, but I don't, I don't even remember. Maybe Sam Burns won it. I, who, uh. it, it doesn't matter. But part of it was they asked him like what you know the situation playing with Bryson, and he's like you know I it started to get a little uncomfortable and Harris wasn't like I'm friends with Bryson or whatever you could tell he's kind of indifferent, <laughs> you know and he was just like you know it felt like it was getting a little out of control out there as just like an innocent bystander walking next to him in the arena and watching what he has to go through, I think some player most of the tour does not like Bryson. I think as a human being, you go, this is kind of crazy. Like, I, I don't have to deal... None of us have to deal with any of this. We're all playing for the same amount of money, and he's just getting fucking destroyed, even if he is a dick. Like, it'd be one thing if we all equally kind of get it, because when you are the Golden State Warriors, like, you get blown at home, but when you go on the road, people get to mess with you. Like, I, if you're Brooks, like, no one ever messes with you, right? Or DJ. I think... It's like, this is not... It doesn't become fair. I think one of the things that's made Twitter really hard over the years for some people... Is is like the way a message, <laughs> the way a message gets, the way the, the intent that a message is sent with is not always the intent it's received with, right? 
And I think a lot of times over the years, like you might talk to somebody you don't know the way you would talk to one of your friends fucking with them. Right. But they have no idea that thing's mixed in with all the other comments that are like actually coming from a place of anger. And you don't know the difference between any of them. It feels like none of this stuff now with Bryson is, I shouldn't say none. Some of this stuff now is not coming from a place of like, Hey, we're all just, you know, this is part of the deal. When you play sports, some people fuck with you. It feels like some of it's pretty, like, you know, it's getting to them in a way that goes beyond some of what the fun of like trying to, you know, create a tough atmosphere for an athlete is. I I will give the PGA tour. They made the right move because I think one thing I, I haven't watched the documentary yet. I do think they were liable to a potential issue where he is just on edge. He clearly got his body language, even watching him this weekend. He doesn't look very happy right now. He just looks kind of fucking miserable, even when he's playing well. Can you imagine if, and he's a big dude. Like, what if the guy was smaller? What if he shoved him to the ground and that how viral that would go? Like, then the tour have to spend, it would just, and ultimately it's like, well, I only called him Brooksy. I didn't say, it wasn't calling him like some derogatory term. I think you just nib it in the bud right now and you don't like you can just throw the guys out. Now, people are still going to yell it. Yeah. But it's it's clearly not going to be as ferocious. Here's the here's because the good he, thing. he w- you could not have him. What if he what, uh, worst case scenario like hit a guy in the face? That'd be bad, right? He's very strong, right? Could be could be very very bad. Not just bad PR, like it could be really bad. Like it could be, you know. But uh, yeah, just bad for the tour, bad for the whole thing. You just don't you wouldn't you you want to avoid that. If you're like, oh, the worst thing we got to do is kick some fans out for yelling something we told them they can't yell. Like, okay, we, we feel pretty justified with it. I, it doesn't help him because now you still kind of makes you but look too sensitive. Makes him but, look like a pussy. But you know. <laughs> um, here's the the good thing for the PGA is they don't need this whole Brooksy thing going on because you, you could argue, hey, Bryson's a great heel for the sport. He's a you know he's a a a, a flash. What is it called? A lightning rod. He's a lightning rod for the sport, whether people are yelling Brooksy or not. Right. Like it's not like by eliminating the ability of fans to yell Brooksy at Bryson that you eliminate this storyline of Bryson versus a bunch of guys. You don't. Nothing changed. Right. This thing just started at the peak of Bryson's, you know, rivalry with it seems like everybody, but specifically Kepka. So Brooksy or no Brooksy. Like the, here's the thing that helps it too. They've got they're, they're, well, they're lucky that Ryder Cup. They've on got this event and soil. now the Ryder Cup is on American soil. Yeah. That's that's uh at one of the great names anything can happen at, Whistling Straits. That's a good name. What's a good name? I mean, listen to uh, J- Jake, Jake Paul. I watched, I watched the fight on Sunday night, which there's something to me about this Sunday night thing they got going is kind of sweet. Like, Saturdays are cool. Sunday, bad football game. It was like the perfect mix. Sunday night, I like the way it's, it makes me feel on a Sunday night. You know, you kind of can, you, I don't know. I just like it. And um, uh, his whole thing after the thing was like, hey, if you're bullying on the internet, stop that. I was like, Jake, I feel like the Pauls, it's like I'm watching this thing rooting for the other guy just because. But every time I watch him, I root against him and 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 then they win and they're actually kind of, they entertain me and they're likable and they're, I don't know, like kind of like Baker's doing to me right now too. Like I say, you don't think he's going to be that good and then he's good. You're like, shit. And then I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just enjoy Baker? Like he's entertaining. I, they won me over. They just every time I watch them, I go in like going, no, I'm no. But then they win me over, and it's not the like fake revel. Like no matter bro. what you think about them, you got to respect the business. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying you watch them, and it's just these guys are so rich, and they're trying to be stupid. This guy's trying to be a boxer. <laughs> I know. 
He doesn't have to do that. Stupid. He can money just sit at home and make box. videos like me. But he's trying I to. I mean, not like me, but you know what I mean. Like he doesn't have to do anything, and he's trying to be a boxer. And, and, and I didn't watch this fight. I tried to learn guitar. I, boxer. He. You have to admit, like it is not a joke watching him box. It's not a I'm joke. Not it wasn't a great boxing match, but it's not a joke. No. But they don't fight like two rounds. I mean, they play. They, play, they, they fight, fight legitimate. Eight. Yeah, they play eight rounds, and and then at the end, the stats are there, and you look at like all these punches they've thrown and punches they've taken. He sw- he swings hard. It's a like fight. He would knock. It's, but he, I mean, it's it's not going to be a boxing match, but it's a fight. If you put the average six foot one, you know, thirty year old guy in that ring against both those guys, they fucking destroy him. Do you agree there? Like they knock them out. Like Jake and obviously Woodley, those guys are hitting hard. Yeah, I mean, what, they're Woodley's swinging hard. Won, like jacked. fifteen MMA events or something. He's like fifteen and eight. You know, it wasn't a spotless record, but I I, I appreciate the Paul's hustle. And if you don't, I, I truly believe you one either don't understand it or two you're a hater because you're kind of jealous. Yeah, I mean, part of it might just be a la- you know understand. I don't think I'm most not saying you got to understand like they're great guys or anything, but you just have to but, say like what they're doing is impressive. Yeah, I mean, but I would guess most people most people that watch that that a lot of people that watch that fight maybe. Maybe it's unique because you got to buy it. You have to seek it out. Why would you be seeking it out if it wasn't for them? Um, but I, I, my guess is a lot of people don't quite understand. I didn't until I started like doing some investigation over you know the last year. Like, what are, what are these guys? Like, what is going on here? It's like, oh, they're printing money. <laughs> well, their videos are a little weird. Like, they don't really. They just do weird stuff. It's not like a rhyme or reason to anything they did. I, I watched some of. Was it Jake that fought? Lo- yeah, Logan was the more... I think Logan was Jake, bigger originally, Jake right? He, yeah. Logan was the big YouTube guy, and then obviously Jake became a big YouTube guy. Logan's YouTube, at least is like three or four years ago, I remember checking it out, a little bizarre. Like, it was just like, this is just... It's just out there. Yeah. Which, it works on YouTube, which I don't know is bigger now than television. I think sometimes... One thing I think gets lost is how famous these guys are. I heard Portnoy say this like a year ago. He's like, everyone fucking makes fun of me for working with these TikTok guys. And it's like, of course, I'm way older than them. I'm doing this for a reason. Like, these guys, I don't think people understand how fucking famous, like Josh Richards guy, that he does this BFL. I never listened to a minute of the podcast, but that guy in the TikTok thing, he's got like 30 million people that watch his shit. That's a lot of people. A lot. And the polls are even like a way bigger version of that. I don't think people quite understand how many people watch the Pauls, not fighting stuff. I'm talking just their YouTube videos for the last, I don't know, seven, eight years. <laughs> We're talking millions upon millions upon millions of people all over this country. Google how many people watch like an all NBA playoff world. game. Yeah, and you can, if you watch an NBA playoff game, a big one, you're, you can run into people at the gym, at the office, whatever, and easily talk about it. So if, you, if I'm telling you 35 million people watch one of their videos, like, you're, now it might be a younger crowd, but kids at school, that's what they're talking about. In theory, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I haven't talked to any kids. I would school. imagine that that, I, I do think, I know that talking to my cousins, it was, it was my cousin's kid's birthday uh, a couple weeks ago, or maybe this was a different, one of his other sons, and he's like, he puts him on the phone, and he's like, my dad just let me have a YouTube channel, you're the YouTuber, right? Like, YouTube with people like under 15 is a big fucking Oh, no, deal. no, I agree with you, I just... It's where their it's where their heroes are, guy, including us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're we're welcome. Come one, come all. You know, from from like a like a board game from from three to one hundred and three. I think we resonate more with like twenty eighth and probably if you're 12. three, 
you know, I get nervous about like, I don't even know if like 12 year old, like we may be the last generation that's like diehard sports fans. Maybe it's a little younger than us, but I don't, I don't think it's a lock that like kids under 10 are just going to like love football. I think we're a few generations away from, I hope yeah. I, I'm not trying to be negative about that, but it's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Always. But it'll it, be, you agree. It's possible. We'll be here as like 65 year olds doing like gaming breakdown, the gaming draft. I'll pivot. I don't know if I can. I might just retire early and just do something else. I don't know. Well, I can't pivot event. if I don't like it. This is an old school. The games haven't started yet. This is an old school two hour pod, like the old days, like that, like Sundays. You know, sometimes can be. Yeah. So we didn't plan for that, but here we are. There's stuff Adios. that we had scheduled to talk about that we're not even going to talk about. So thanks for hanging with what us. If nothing happens in the next couple of days, we can just make this the last podcast of the week. <laughs> uh, all right. On okay. that note, later. after we get done talking about Jake Paul's work ethic, uh, later. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.